just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. And I'm Dom and I've seen 48 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is season three, episode three, first day on a brand new planet. Error. Reconfiguring. Perspective, nephew. I'm here to adjust yours. It's going to have problems with her hands. Someone yeah. she can pick up plates and not feel that they're boiling. You uh-huh. know, she's got asbestos fingers. They're going to be rough. What is that? Is that like, a crow's foot? What the fuck? At the cafe, like, can I can I see something Italian? Can I see that it had an impact on you? Can I see that what Keith and Lucas went through for them six weeks that you were away were worth it, Karen? Karen! You want the person you've become? Then do something about it, because no one's going to do it for you. Karen! wild dreams are born why are you making this shit up what you, what's wrong with you Be, no not philip felix <laughs> felix not working felix it's over <laughs> the asthma's doing you wonders i watched him have a shit in an alley and i watched him kiss his first girlfriend must have been a big dog <laughs> <laughs> when do plans start living hello mate all right guys how you doing boozy That's a one dunk and you're done kind of biscuit. I'm not fucking about me. He's like, don't be mean, no, Simon. Listen, keep being mean. I'm gonna make you call me Colonel, okay? ATM over here. You just become a raven. Love that. Love that. Love that. Don't in the snow. Keith, what is slab and beef? Absolutely. A los cuevos, a One Tree Hill podcast. Soy Simon, why me encanta One Tree Hill. Holiday. I was not expecting that. <laughs> So hello and welcome to the Ravens of One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night. So it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is season three, episode three, first day on a brand new planet. Dom, we're here. And for the first part of this podcast, we will be alone. How are you, my man? I am good. Yeah, really good, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good. In fact, I'm so good, I'm drinking a little glass of champagne. He has got a little glass of champagne. He's got the flute out. He's holding that like he's high society. Well, nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this close to the mic. Maybe it will just pick up the bubbles. Subtle bubbles, subtle bubbles. Well, um, why we champagne? What we what we celebrate? I'm holding it properly. You know, it bugs me when people in movies 
life when they don't hold it from the stem the 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 design of the champagne glass is that you hold it from the stem so your hand doesn't warm up the lovely champagne that's why the same with white wine glass he's meant to hold it from the stem let's be sophisticated people this is one tree hill (laughs) this is ravens why are we having a glass of champagne why not had a little glass of champs at dinner with my lady (laughs) having some pasta and garlic bread that i made yeah i made it dom i cook from scratch baby ingredients hello fresh comes in the post tells me what to do (laughs) and uh actually in all actually in all seriousness i had a really nice day it was this was the first time my parents met our baby Um, they've been round yeah so uh it was it was really exciting is that why you wouldn't shout things inappropriate things down the uh voice notes at me so often (laughs) you mean today like unlike usual unlike usual yeah normally there's a lot of inappropriateness i did enjoy the little french accent you did for a little while that was fun Uh, we talked about pringles quite a bit um and different flavors now the fact the fact that they just destroy your mouth Mm-hmm. especially the salt and vinegar flavor and i yeah. i enjoyed your cheese and onions a working class man's crisp <laughs> it is though isn't it it is yeah it's like it's like a plowman sandwich isn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's but yeah no it's been it's been a good day how, it's been nice how are your folks yeah. doing they good yeah, yeah they're good they're good they're back in the uk now for people that don't know my parents went away for a year to this uh, this island called Guernsey, which basically sits, is in, well, it's right by France, um, but it's not French and it's not British. It's kind of just nothing. It's not part of the UK, doesn't have the NHS there. It's, it's like an odd little island that people go so they don't pay certain taxes and things that's not the reason my parents went it's definitely the reason they went it's a tax (laughs) haven they are saving Mm -hmm. shit loads Mm -hmm. of money (laughs) yeah 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 just selling cocaine and drugs i think out there basically (laughs) i don't think people pay tax on cocaine anyway (laughs) (laughs) you don't know about the coke tax well Um, uh we'll ask ellie (laughs) Uh, oh topical topical <laughs> uh, my my mum's a teacher so she had a uh she had a teaching job out there for a year so it was good they escaped the pandemic pretty much so yeah no it's all good times what people really want to know is how is your jesus times flat going how is the situation are we any closer to closing this baby i haven't heard a thing this week so I'm guessing the solicitor received the, the paperwork that I had that I explained last week, my Jesus time explanation, chipping stuff out on that slate. Um, <laughs> they've received that paperwork and I'm guessing they received it Monday because I posted it Friday. It would have got there Saturday. They don't work Saturday. You know what, you know, solicitors going to be like, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, which is fine. You know, I, I get they have a busy week, Monday to Friday office hours is what it is but uh yeah i haven't heard anything in the last sort of few days so hopefully something's coming soon nobody's asked me for the deposit yet nobody's asked me for anything so just waiting just gonna play the waiting game play it cool you know i'll just be like over here chilling inside internally i'm like screaming but externally i'm all good i'm fine i'm just waiting you take your time you take your time i hope they're fucking moving out 
I hope there's shit that's been like taken out of this place, by the way. I'm actually like just thought of that. Just like I hope they're not just like, oh, we're gonna wait for the money before we start moving shit. No, start moving shit now. I'll give you the money and then I can have the place. Let's be ready. Let's be ready. You wanna be ready. Let's be ready. ready. What do you do? Minimal stuff to move. All I need is internet, pay for fucking gas and electric and some water, and I'll just sleep on a mattress on the floor. I do not care about the rest. Are you going to take the dolphin? Like I know it's your brother's dolphin, but do you think that he that he can go with you? I think, I, I think I'll wake up one day and he'll just be there, <laughs> just in the bed with you, it's just, like, it's just like the like, Godfather. <laughs> it's like a horse's head. She's in the bed with you, it's just, just eked its way in. <laughs> you just wake up to again, <laughs> like a horse, kind of. Yeah. What I think, just message your brother and just say, look, there's a dolphin here. I don't know your connections to the dolphin. I don't want to know the story behind it. I don't just, may I have it? Why don't you just ask him? Just come out with it. I'm fucking taking it. I'm taking the dolphin. That's what no, I should say. That might anger the dolphin. Let's think oh, it through. God. It's looking right at me as well, which is... Ooh. It's like the Mona Lisa. Everywhere you move, the eyes are still keeping eye contact with you. In case, in case I lose concentration from it, will you tell me if it moves? Us. it's a bit scary it's very scary anyway it scares me for a screen well dom well keep us informed because we all we all want to know we all want to know well when i um when my wife and i were were in the process of buying our the house that we're in now it's on the other side of the town we we lived in the same town that we live in now but we lived on the other side poor side but now we <laughs> <laughs> but we uh i used to walk luna here to the current to our current house it's probably about i don't know it's probably like an hour's walk all in like half an hour to walk there half an hour back and i used to just walk here because i was sort of visualizing like what we wanted to do with it and we had like these grand plans of changing things and some whatever whatever but I just get excited. Like I was excited at the prospect of, oh, I'm going to live here. Okay. Oh, this will be the road that will walk down. This will be, you know, you just like getting uh, acclimated to the surroundings. Now you're in a similar situation. Not that there's like a poor side or rich side to where you live. Cause you live in you it, know, a smaller place, but do you it's walk all poor. there? <laughs> <laughs> but do you, you're, you're what probably how long was maybe a 20, 20 25 minute walk from where you currently live less more no, it's like an eight minute walk hey am i mis- i'm am i misunderstanding where it is it's really only eight minutes to get there i must just walk really slow or i just haven't done that walk for a very long time it takes about seven minutes to get to there's a new coffee shop here in the village which is by you know the old hairdressers like opposite yeah, the yeah. old shop where the old shop used to be actually yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that takes about seven minutes to get to walk in. And then when I get, I go a bit further, it's about, yeah, two, three minutes, about 10 minutes all in all to get That's to the crazy. other, to get to where my place is. So since walking. you, since you've like, you know, started the process, have you like walked there, you know, just to visualize or you're not really that way inclined? I walk around there all the time. I go for, I go for a walk like pretty much every day. To the other end of the village and back because when you're at home is a nightmare <laughs> but when you're there are you thinking okay i'll get this this would be the sofa i'll get gonna go with an l shape gonna get this footstool gonna get you know 
it sounds materialistic, but I don't mean, you know, I'm not saying you're going to get like Armani sofas and things. I'm just saying like, as in we all need, you need certain furnishings, you know, as the foundation. Like, have you got that sort of stuff in your head? Like of how you're going to do it? Are you going to turn to your girlfriend for advice on this type of stuff? Like, what's the deal? Told you. It's going to be internet, utilities, mattress. I need nothing else. <laughs> you're making it sound like you're going to live like in the, in the house or the flat where they were in train spotting. Or something. Yeah, I, was, I was literally going to say you could liken it to a crack den. <laughs> Ellie might be there. Yeah, Ellie. <laughs> Welcome back. She's got a spoon out. She's cooking up a meal. You know where the belts are. Help yourself. (laughs) Boundaries. We have none. Zero. Well, (laughs) speaking of which, uh, so on Sunday, it's this Sunday, isn't it? You, me, Lex, Liz, Michelle, we are doing a one-off special talking about the Drama Queens podcast. And I have to say a massive, massive thank you to our friend Sarah Sarah went through two whole episodes of Drama Queen she'd already listened to them she went through them again and marked and timestamped every single spoiler in both of those episodes sent them to me which I then redacted because she, she very helpfully wrote what the spoilers were I redacted those parts sent Dom the timestamps and Dom is going to listen to those two episodes ahead of us recording that podcast so that he has reference and point of reference as well and we're going to get into it and we're going to give our opinions yeah i have to say that is such amazing commitment not to to drama queens but to us and i am so appreciative of that the fact that you know all these things that i kind of have missed out on or you know whether it's a a chat with one of the cast because they've only just entered the show and i can't really discuss many things and i can't go back can listen to those podcasts because they spoil some things and things come up that I can't know yet. And the fact that someone has been that kind and committed just to go through it, share where the spoilers are in those episodes, uh, just so that I can join in and listen to it as well. I think that's such a kind thing to do and, and brilliant. I I love that. I'm going to steal your phrase. Love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, you're the best. Thank you. And uh, with that being said, I put I put something out on the, uh, it was on my story on my Instagram story, but I reposted it onto the Ravens one. Basically, just saying I've unsubscribed from Drama Queens, unsubscribed, removed it from my podcast library. I don't even want to click on it by accident. That shit is gone. Unfollowed their page. The page. Um, and wow. if you want to find out why, then you have to listen to that episode because I put that up and I got flooded with with DMs from people being like, why? Why don't you like it? What is it about it? And I just said, hey, we're going to record about it. You know, so, yeah, there will be opinions. I know Lex has a pretty strong opinion on it as well that might be in similarly in line with mine. And I reckon I don't know, but I reckon Liz and Michelle's might be on the other side i'm not sure so then it will be interesting where you sit dom maybe you'll be like the decider i have no i uh well i've no idea kind of really what to expect but i have some idea what to expect if that makes sense because you know 
we said this on the last episode we have kind of similar views on things and uh, i have absolutely no doubt that um i'll you'll be very diplomatic about it and be like i didn't like this i didn't like that this was pretty good that was pretty good but actually i'm not too keen on it and this that and the other and i will just be like that was fucking awful i just shit all over it um and i'm not sure listen michelle will be able to handle me (laughs) being honest um because i was nice and polite when we podcast with them usually um but But we've moved on now we've got to like so it's fine (laughs) we've got two comfortable podcasting now i i listen so our i don't share this stuff with don very often not like on purpose or anything but just because it just doesn't come up we just don't talk about it but our um our pilot episode the pilot episode of our podcast is coming up to four thousand downloads just on the pilot now i again i say this every single time i know that there's podcast that might get four thousand downloads in a night you know um but to us that's crazy you know um and so that single episode is almost at four thousand and i was like wow i'm just going to listen to the first five minutes just to see how it sounds and i listened to it and so obviously the mic situation is not you know as good as we have it now like we didn't quite <laughs> understand how some of this stuff was and whatever uh but listening to it it's funny how subliminally we've been doing some of the stuff from the very beginning so you know like the bit where i say uh and uh what did we say uh tonight's episode for debate is what do i say i say we're here what is i can't think unless i do the whole thing you go dom we're here (laughs) and then whatever but we're not alone my friend or we are alone my friend and then right. how are you my friend they're, they're all the options there's all of those <laughs> they're the free options <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well i've been doing that from the first episode not the we are alone bit because obviously we were always alone but the i just said <laughs> so lonely. i just said i just said it in conversation i just said dom we are here like we've made it like sort of in that sort of sense but it's funny how we, we sound so much more confident now as well like to just talk about whatever like completely unscripted but what was funny was was you you were saying you were worried that our opinions on everything are going to be different mm. and that we were going to be very much opposing and what i think's funny is that we're three seasons in or getting into the third season and actually what we say more often than not is we pretty much feel aligned on most things i know i might rate rate it a little bit higher than you and the rating side of things but we generally are on the same level. Yeah, I think we generally have the same feeling about certain characters, probably with the exception of Lucas. I think Lucas is probably our point of difference for most episodes. Um, although that seems to be changing lately. I, I think the last sort of couple of episodes, so the start of season three has been pretty positive for Lucas. Um, and I think we've been fairly in line with that um and yeah totally i mean it's just like you like chris kellen i can't stand him so i think that's probably again the only real sort of bone of contention there but other than that it's we yeah it's it's pretty even i think i have some opposing views that end up in a bit of a debate but actually for the most part it's all it's all pretty similar isn't it 
Yeah, but but you see, and that, that that's important. You and I aren't scared to go into a debate with each other because as much as we might joke around, no, oh, fuck you, Don, fuck you, Simon. Like it's all, you know, we we just we know the boundaries and we're messing around. But we can have the conversation, and we'll do it with our ravens that come on and with pigeons on you know other platforms <laughs> like we're happy to go there because it's all for the love of the show if you don't have a strong opinion you know you have a strong opinion because you love the show one of my biggest gripes with drama queens is that they never ever oppose anything that there's never there's no there's no debate on anything like it's all just incredibly self-congratulatory to each other you know rather than you know opening something up and having opposing opinions i'm not saying a force having opposing opinions but it's like sometimes that's what that's interesting conversation and we'll get to all of that like i don't want to spoil or put things in your head don but (laughs) what i will say is again we could say that we're drinking the champs tonight because we have more ravens patreon shout outs and it's really getting to a point like we're closing in on 70 now oh wow Oh, again, I don't expect this any week. I don't expect more people to be signing up. I don't expect you to be saying to me, right, we've got more shout outs to do. I've got to tell more people that they've become Ravens, <laughs> uh, you know, promoting those pigeons. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't, I never expect it. It's so, it's quite a strange feeling in a weird way, but it's so, it's like really humbling at the same time as well. It's, it's awesome. We're basically pigeon, we're pigeon exterminators. <laughs> we're exterminating <laughs> pigeons and turning them into ravens. But so we're more like pigeon upgraders. Yeah, we evolve them like Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that uh, it, it's really it's really surreal because if you think about it a step further, people you know are paying uh, you know uh, some money for the content that we're putting out and that is yeah like like we would do this for nothing like we do it for the love of it um but you know we all of course we have that pipe dream as much as it is definitely a pipe dream we have the pipe dream of would we ever be able to do this as a living as a job you know and uh, every time someone joins it like makes that pipe a little bit bigger (laughs) does that make sense is that right (laughs) or or shorter what what do we do with the pipe and the i guess I guess it's adding to the pipe. It's making that pipe a little bit longer. Is that? Maybe. Is that? The... Or is it that you that you have a puff on the pipe and then you have the dream because of whatever was in the pipe? <laughs> oh, I'm guessing maybe that is it. Maybe that's what pipe dream is. That would you make have a fan- sense. You have a fantasy because you puffed on the pipe. So maybe what what pigeons that become ravens are just putting a little something in the pipe. Is it? Is it like a? You can edit this out if you want, but is it a Native American reference? Uh, I don't know. Shall I Google it? I'll Google it while while we're on the podcast. That doesn't need editing out, I don't think. You're asking a question about whether it's part of, you know, a cultural reference. Um, mm. Yeah. Talk to me about other things while I do this, please. Well, I have to say one thing I, I'm um, kind of really... <laughs> I'm oh, going to yeah. say impressed with with One Tree Hill is yeah. the is the character development and is the changes in the character. So in season one, I really didn't like Lucas. Season two, I wasn't a fan. Season three, I, I'm starting to like him. 
the start of season one, Nathan was a complete douchebag. The the middle to end, he's he's you come around and start to like him. Season two, you feel sorry for him. He has his like moments of being a complete melt. Season three, he's kind of reverted back to like the beginning of season three, he's reverted back to being how he was in season one. But now he's kind of in that weird middle ground, like from this episode. Um, Peyton is so up and down. I liked her in season two. I'm back to really not liking her in season three. I mean, the the chopping and change. Karen, I fucking love in this season already. I like. I said it last week. I'm saying it again. More of that, Karen, please. This is the Karen we all deserve. We got quite a few people write in to say that they're loving your new love of Karen. They're loving that you are now a big Karen fan. <laughs> uh, she, like, honestly, she deserves it. She deserves it now. Karen is becoming, honestly, my my MVP. After what you told me last week about um, Barry Corbin as well, I think the love from has gone from old Baza to Karen. But how how has that sat with you? actually like how when you then watched this episode that we're going to talk about that you know that he featured in has it does it change something for you because when we when we did the watch along after our last episode I brought it up because I wanted people to uh confirm to you that I wasn't lying right (laughs) which they which they all did um but people were putting out different opinions and they were saying well you know they were saying on the drama queens podcast of barbara Allen woods was saying you know it's kind of like a you know he was he was testing the water and seeing what was there she said no and that was kind of the end of it you know um it seemed more like a potentially could be seen as an innocent thing i mean we don't we we will never know until we we weren't there you know until we hear from all parties but i mean how yeah how has it made you feel uh, it it was quite difficult watching it after finding out that information because you immediately start to disassociate yourself with that actor, that character. Uh, well, I did anyway. I, I found it quite challenging because I I thought he was brilliant. I loved him. He's witty. He's funny. And maybe I I need to take the Barry Corbin element away and just focus on the character. Because he's he's playing a character here. That character isn't Barry Corbin. That character is Whitey Durham. And but but but, you, but you're assuming that is sinister, right? Well, also the the other part of that is it was it tongue in cheek? Was it you know like people are saying it was playful, like a playful attempt, and he got knocked back, and that was it. You know, I don't know. I I kind of. I'm going to focus more on the character and how much I really like the character than like anything to do with the actor. But, but you might his performances knocking, are great. But you might be knocking him off and he might have been fine. Like, we don't know. Like, again, it could be the other way around, but it could be that he was single, she was single, he went for it, she said no, and then that's it. And it's done. And it could be something that he was embarrassed about and just sort of laughed off. And that's it, you know, or it could be one of the other horrible type situations. We don't know. But it's like saying, because we don't know, shouldn't should we not maybe treat it? Is it not harsh to sort of tar him with the brush, you know? 
but I, I'm not tiring him. I'm not going to start knocking him and saying, oh, he's awful. He's this, he's that. I'm just, I'm just going to maybe like, like I said, I'll focus on the character and how great the character is and the performances can still be great. And I can still say how well it was acted and performed, but beyond that, there's, there's kind of no, but I don't have that with any of the others anyway. Like there's no like balance or relationship with, with any of those actors beyond, except for Paul Johansson actually, because, you know, we talked to him and maybe Barbara Allen Woods, Barbara. Who I talked to for like five minutes, but um, the re- like the rest of it, the rest of the cast, I have no association to. And actually I only really had that because I thought YT slash Barry Corbin was like this awesome, older, wiser fella, but I'm getting that from the character anyway. I'm not getting that from the actor, essentially, mm. you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I'm not doing him any sort of injustice or disservice by saying that. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think I'm being unfair. I'm just saying actually until someone can confirm or deny, then I will just treat the character as a character and say, yeah, it was acted really well, performed really well. I like this. I didn't like that. And just carry on as normal. Cause I, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to change or my opinion of that won't change. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the setting, isn't it? Because we know about these horrendous things that happened within the creation of One Tree Hill, that anything that even sounds like it is like a red flag, you know? So I'm not to say that, you know, we may have had the same idea if it was on a different show, but I think it's heightened even because you know that there was nefarious activities happening around around the behind the scenes stuff that it was hard for me like watching it as well like this episode and watching him it's kind of like it's like are you you just a dirty old man like what is the situation um yeah it's tough we understand where you know the creator of this show has ended up we know that that's Mm. that's you know it's fact it's come out it's been discussed, it's gone to places, you know, way beyond, you know, just being a news report. And and that's a good thing. And he's highlighting and he's talking about and he's mentioning and he's dealing with. For sure. Um, But we still talk about how great the show is. We just don't talk about Mark Schwann. That douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and that's kind of going to be no different for, for the character. I guess for, for you know for Whitey, I mean, it, if not saying that anything has happened or you know that it it evolved or was anything more than just you know him putting his hand on a knee or something like that, it it's just it, it's about reserving judgment on it and holding that, but but treating the character just like any other character. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, to take it back to pipe dreams, um, <laughs> pipe dream stems from the practice of smoking opium. And though many English writers turned to opiates for inspiration, the term pipe dream originated in the United States in the mid 1800s to the late 1800s. The Western United States was rife with opium dens, places where opium from China was sold and smoked. Oh, let's get ourselves invited to one of them. So there you go. So basically, pigeons, when you become ravens, you're basically putting a bit of opium in Dom, mine and Dom's pipe and allowing <laughs> that dream to go a little bit further. And so 
our opium dealers for this week <laughs> are coming in at junior varsity first time in the league they're up in here in the jv squad it's jamie but spell j-a-i-m-e j-a-i-m-e jamie you've just become a raven but guess what they didn't become junior varsity on their own they brought in a teammate a colleague Kristen. Kristen, you just became a raven now guess what we had a varsity team member someone in the varsity squad and they just had one hell of a season i'm talking leading the the league in assists steals turnovers not turnovers that's bad steals three point shots free throws field goals everything field goals we've had, we've, yeah they call them field goals if you shoot like two pointers oh wow okay really you really just shitted on my momentum sorry <laughs> here's my momentum and you just took a big old squat over it didn't you Basket, basketball terminology is a bit weird <laughs> a big steamy dump on my momentum you just ruined rihanna who just went from varsity to hall of fame she upgraded dom Woo! there's no longer an opening in my lineup because <laughs> rihanna you just became a better raven a <laughs> better raven rihanna always has the best the best t-shirts on our watch alongs and hoodies. always supporting hoodies merch we love it <laughs> but but tom that's not all baby that is not all we just had someone sign up tonight like just before we uh just before we started recording and they've gone straight in a hall of motherfucking fame. <laughs> Pigeon to hall of fame, Raven. Welcome, Alex. Alex, Alex, you just became a Raven. Wow. More Ravens. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Pigeons, if you're listening and you're not a Raven. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry for you. For the <laughs> for less than the cost of a coffee a month, you can leave your dirty pigeon ways. Let's talk about pigeons. They're filthy animals. They're basically flying rats. Why would you <laughs> want to be one of them? Be a raven. Join us. If you're a raven, you can like attack the pigeons. That's that's a thing. <laughs> You've got bigger claws. You'll have hands like Karen. <laughs> and you get to be part of the high flyers club. Everyone's part of the high flyers club. That's why we're pigeons and ravens, because you fly high. It feels more like the watch along is the best part of this community. It really does. <laughs> it feels like the podcast is actually what accompanies the watch along. Like the watch along <laughs> feels like the main part now. And Dom has been editing together these awesome highlight videos. So if you're if you're part of the Patreon, if you're a Raven, but you can't make the the live watch along, then you'll you'll get exclusive access to the highlight video. Like the one you did the other day was like eight minutes, you know, um highlights. It's great. So you can get those at ravenshoops.net. 
Dom, let's talk about this episode. Season three, episode three. It was a big one. Where do you want to start? So many that we could start with because there's so many different journeys within the episode. But I'd quite like to start with Peyton and her story of the episode or continuation of her story, at least. Yeah, because we kind of rushed through her part in the last episode um, because we were running out of time. So talk to me about Peyton. Give me a brief synopsis of what Peyton goes through throughout this whole episode, and then we'll unpack it. Peyton's struggling with the fact that Ellie is her birth mother. She's adopted by Larry and her mother um and is trying to come to terms with that and she's finding it very difficult communication has broken down between um her and her dad and it, it's everything's all up in the air we find out you know through lucas that ellie has been seen buying drugs and she doesn't believe kind of at first that it's anything other than a drug a druggie lying and you know just getting their next hit there's also quite a tense scene and quite an upsetting scene where she walks into her room with lucas and it's almost like she's being ambushed and that's that's her personal feeling that's how she she feels at the time and she expresses that um and, and it's all her it's like someone was reading her her diary or all of her diaries in front of her um, because they were looking at all her artwork, going through her music, and she makes it very clear that 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 is all hers. That's personal to her, and it's all to do with her mom, her like her real mom, who she feels you know um, very connected to through her artwork. And she kind of she runs off, and she blames she blames Larry, she blames Ellie, she blames Lucas. But in the end, you know, Larry has a good conversation with her, and he says, you know. I make mistakes. I'm trying really hard to get things right. But, you know, and even says when you're a grown up, you'll make these kind of mistakes too. And, and hopefully, you know, maybe even not as many as me, but you'll, you'll get, you'll have these moments and, and I'm really trying. And she has a nice moment back and says, you know, actually you don't make mistakes all the time. And he offers um, like support by way of, you know someone to talk to so you can talk to me but actually maybe we need to find someone else you can talk to and she's like do you mean like professionally or as like a I think she uses the term shrink um and then at the end she's kind of recording her own little podcast I have to say this entire episode was basically about podcasts and predictions so this is literally our podcast <laughs> yeah that's a good call well those podcasts that she records are available on iTunes. Oh, wow. Yeah, seriously, they're available. Oh, okay. Like, So there was a period of time where you can't listen to them yet, though, Dom, because there there are more. There's others, you know, they're in the future. But I will give you the green light when it's uh, possible. For anyone that doesn't know, they are available and they're longer than what is in the show. And there are even some that don't feature, that aren't in the show that they recorded that are yeah. on but like as it in character, but they go, they're like five minutes or something. I listened to them all a few years ago and they're really great. They're, they're, they're great. It's a great thing that the show did of trying to 
involve the audience further. So they had like all of the websites that are referenced. So Punked and Disorderly, which was Peyton's website that was featured in like the first season, that was like active and you could go on and it would just look like her, you know, uh, the website, how it looks in the show. I don't know if ravenshoops.com, as they call it, we know it's .net, really. Uh, I don't, I'm sure that probably, you know, was actually functioning as well. And then, yeah, and then these podcasts. So, yeah, you can just, just search them. I, I, I'm not sure. If you put in Peyton, Peyton's podcast, I'm sure it will come up. So, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, crazy. And Mouth obviously talks about what a podcast is you know and then people can have it on their ipod i love that that it kind of originated as an apple thing i guess i don't know about the the history of podcasting is that what you got from that yeah i always i always thought podcasts were because you had an ipod so it was a podcast that's where i always assumed that came from i may be wrong but uh, i always assumed it came from because it's like you're you're recording in a bubble in a pod you know and then you're putting then you're casting that out to the world but you know yours makes sense also shall i google <laughs> it as well i mean we we're sort of going into the uh is it the etymology of words i think that's what the word is <laughs> sure <laughs> it's like the origins of uh of phrasings as well ah Yes, you got it. Uh, Podcast is a combination of iPod and broadcast. The term podcasting was first suggested by the Guardian columnist and BBC journalist Ben Hammersley, who invented it in February 2004 while writing an article for the Guardian newspaper. There you go. There we have it. There you go. (laughs) I'm kind of disappointed. (laughs) because <laughs> i don't like you being right something oh, that we can say on this podcast that they can't seem to do on drama queens <laughs> no well Excellent. done well Thank done you. so yeah Excellent. so you'd think that apple apple should have the monopoly on this i guess they do right but spotify you know has a big market of it as well yeah i mean there's everything now isn't there google's got it I mean, even BBC Sounds. I, I downloaded BBC Sounds yesterday because I thought I'll, I was going to listen. I've listened back to our podcast already, um, and um, I have to say, I, I, I'm really, I'm really pleased we've kind of gone back to this style of it just being you and me. I know the first two episodes were a bit different because um, we didn't have a, a Patreon on for for two different reasons. Um, and this week we have got a Patreon on, but they're going to join us a little bit later. So we still kind of get that personal touch and that personal feeling rather than going straight into like basically interviewing someone about their thoughts and feelings of One Tree Hill. Uh, and I, I really like the fact that we've got this back and there's going to be that balance. There's going to be that edge of both. And I think it's kind of what people have missed a little bit as well. Like season two, like I said, is is the is the season that people don't don't necessarily enjoy about One Tree Hill and ours had that kind of different feel to it but we've we've done exactly what they they've done in One Tree Hill season three we, we've reverted we've gone back anyway I downloaded BBC Sounds 
and uh, I thought I'm going to listen to something different. I'm going to listen to something I don't normally listen to. And I listened to a true crime podcast. Oh, I thought Magdalena oh. will be proud. Everybody goes on about them. Like Magdalena's gone on about them since day one, literally. Um, and she stuck with us for whatever reason. But, you know, true crime was her, her real passion. Mm-hmm. Committing it, listening to it, whatever. Um, <laughs> Learning I, how I, to get away with it. Yeah, basically. And I gave one a go. And it was really good. I'm still like, I need to find a really, really good one um, to, to maybe get the bug for it. But I reckon I, I listen to some comedy ones, and I listen to um, I listen to some some like other like random like the Peter Crouch podcast. I don't really know where to categorize that because it's like sport and comedy. Um, and I thought I give yeah I give True Crime a go, and I, I just wasn't really sure how i felt about it it was interesting what i listened to really interesting quite fascinating but yeah i don't know i I actually found i found a new podcast this week and i am loving it i am so late on the train like this is it's one of the biggest podcasts in the world and has been going for years i think it's been going since like 2009 or something uh which is the mark maron podcast which is wtf uh and uh have have you heard of it no i can't say i have it's awesome so mark maron have you heard of him nope he's a stand-up comedian in in america you would you would recognize him he's been in some like movie roles and things uh and he he interviews people but massive people like the, the ones i was listening to yesterday he had brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio on on the same episode like from when they did once upon a time in America, he just had like Joseph Gordon-Levitt on. He's had Quentin Tarantino on. He's had Obama on. He's had uh, everyone, McCauley Colkin. I was just listening to uh, Mike Myers. I just listened to the Robin Williams one that he did. Um, so many, so many. And they're so good. Like he interviews them, but it's like an hour. And but he's just so real and so genuine and just uh, he doesn't ask them like all the sort of pressing questions that you'd think. He just kind of does ask them, but he will ask them like really hard questions, but in a really relaxed way. It's just got like a perfect interview interview flow. I'm sure that all of I'm sure that all of our listeners or majority know and probably have already listened to it. And like, yeah, Simon, we've been listening to this for years, but I only just got onto it and uh, it's awesome. And there's like a rich back catalogue um some of them there's only this is quite an interesting way only the last like 60 60 are on are available to listen to and the preview that all of the back catalogue is like on a premium thing (laughs) to get to which i think that's a pretty good hustle because i want to listen to them uh but yeah you should check it out man start with uh the macaulay culkin one is really interesting Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, give that a go and and look that up and and have a listen. It seems that I've got a bit of a knack for binging podcasts as well because um, there's, I think it was seven episodes of this podcast that that I listened to, this true crime one, and I started it last night at um, about 11pm because I was was driving home and I finished it today. Oh my god. <laughs> That's crazy. How I'll long are the episodes? Already. Um maybe like 40 minutes each. Mm, wow. 
just binge things well speaking of people binging things i've had a few messages of people this week saying that they've binged our podcast uh one person that said they've done they did on the whole thing in two weeks wow whole the whole thing dom i don't think i could do that and i i'm in on them all (laughs) well that's that's probably an average of two hours maybe two hours and 15 minutes let's say average on all of them and we're at like 56 episodes. So what's that? So it's over 100. It's like 112 hours. 100. Let's call it 115 hours. That's a lot of time. Is that 56? So we're not on 56 actual episodes, but on 56 episodes based on like bonuses. 50, and... 56 that are on iTunes. It tells you how many now. So I think it's 56. Uh, so there's we've got loads more like on Patreon. I yeah. think all in all, you and I have done about a hundred podcasts in total for like Mighty Nineties and all the other stuff. About a hundred. Some... <laughs> crazy. It's really isn't good it? going. Yeah, it's nuts to think that it's it's about a year now, isn't it? it we're just heading into August, so mm-hmm. let's say middle of August is is actually a year of podcasting. Next week is one year of Ravens. I think you and I started that's podcasting. What, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was February. Yeah, like March, February, before. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, doing this like weekly and and we've only in one year. In a year, we have missed one Tuesday. Ooh, that's not. We've bad, released something every Tuesday except for one, mm. where I had like two weeks off or something. So I was going through some shit. Okay, I was going through some shit. Yeah, okay. it happens. People go through stuff. We've got to take a break. We've got to take some time off. We've got to reset. We've got to energize. We've got to reinvigorate. We've got to get ready. And we've got to sort that shit out. Big money. Big dick. I just wanted to see if she could resist it. Never. <laughs> Dom and I came up with uh, a character that is a guy called Big Money, Big Dick. And uh, it doesn't matter whether you have a penis, you don't have a penis, man, woman, whatever. It's a sense of mind. You just walk into a room and imagine that you have big money, big. <laughs> hey, say it for me one time, Dom. A big money, a big well, dig. Yes. <laughs> so you have no idea. I'm like I've been voice noting Dom where I've been like walking Luna and I've been alone in a field and I'll just scream it as loud as I can and voice note it to Dom. I mean, my next door neighbors must think I'm insane because uh Simon would would send me that voice note and then go. Oh, I want you to do it. I want you to shout it out. I want you to go go and shout it out. And I've just screamed it <laughs> and sent it back to Simon. So my neighbours must be thinking, because the walls aren't that thick here, they, like, they must be thinking, what is wrong with this guy? What's happened? They're quite new neighbours as well. So they're like, Jesus, where have we moved to? <laughs> they, it's like the part in Jerry Maguire, and it's, show me the money. <laughs> big money, big dick. <laughs> there you go. Do you think... Maybe Mouth will scream that in his podcast. I reckon Mouth's got a wang on him, hasn't he? He's got a massive oh, dick. God. Yeah, because that's why Erica Marsh left him. 
Maybe that's why he unloaded the sea monster. She was like, oh my oh, God. You can't talk about his dick and then say unloaded. Jesus. <laughs> Unraveled. It's like a fireman's <laughs> hose. It hit the floor and it felt like, you know, in Jurassic Park where the water shakes. You know? <laughs> when you said unraveled, all I could think of was a sleeping bag. You know, when you unroll a sleeping bag. <laughs> God. Hard to think of he has to, like, you know, when you try to shove the sleeping bag into, like, the, the bag that the it, it's come in. That's what he has to do when he put in his trousers. Like, Shut in there. Get in. I told you. <laughs> Stop embarrassing me. Oh, tuck it in your sock. Massive dick. <laughs> Mouth, massive dick, McFadden. I reckon massive dick, tiny balls. Oh, <laughs> just doesn't work. It's like, what, what has happened here? It's just, well, that... you can have one or the other. You can't have both. Yeah, you can't be blessed everywhere, mate. <laughs> <laughs> one quick story, one quick story. I... I uh, my wife and I were in San Francisco and we were walking down the street and I think notoriously, I'm not sure if it's notorious or not, or if this was just the time that we were there, but there's a lot of homeless people in San Francisco. And as we were walking down, like one of the main high streets, a guy was just like shuffling. He was like moving like this, like through the crowd, like really walking really quickly. And he just got to me and my wife and he just went, I've got a 12 inch cock. <laughs> And just kept kept going, but the way that he said it, it was like he was scared. He was oh like he was like he's like I've got a twelve inch cock. Like oh my god, what's gonna happen? <laughs> like he's <laughs> like in, intimidated by his penis. That poor guy, poor guy. So Peyton, um, she went <laughs> through it this episode. Yeah, uh, I think Larry like had a strong episode this this week as well and kind of redeemed it not redeemed it but really got it across to her what he's trying to do how he's trying to support her how he's you know he's gonna make mistakes and he needs to make these mistakes to kind of learn from them as as much as she does so um it's a difficult journey and he's tried to keep things from her on the back of her having a really difficult time and coping with her mother's death um and I think, you know, I think he's tried to do the right thing. And, and, and sometimes when you're, you think you're doing the right thing, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't always work out that way, but I'm guessing nobody else knew did like, let's say Karen, for example, she's talking to Larry. Did she know Peyton was adopted? Is this all news to everyone? Is this, is, is everyone finding out at the same time? I think that Karen and Larry are just are new friends, aren't they? They became friends like through the, uh, the cheerleading contest tournament thing uh so i doubt that karen knew i think it's just kind of like yeah i don't think anyone knew no i think okay. it was just a private thing okay i mean uh hayley makes a like a bit of a flippant comment about um being being an orphan yeah and or something like that yeah it's just as peyton like but peyton's already said something to her like oh why don't you join a rock band or like uh, previously in the episode why don't you join a rock band and leave and and she's like oh wait you've already done that and then she storms off and i'm like that made me instantly dislike her in this episode and thought oh, what an idiot why why would you say something like that you know get over yourself and get over this because she seems to be forgiving people but she hasn't forgiven Haley. and i think maybe towards the end of the episode she kind of forgives larry she starts to understand ellie she 
forgives Lucas, even though Lucas hadn't really done anything wrong. Uh, and she um, apologizes for, for treating him a bit badly. So maybe in the next episode, she'll kind of take heed of that and go and forgive Haley and kind of say to Haley, look, I'm sorry, I've been a bit of a bitch. You left at a difficult time for me. I found all this stuff out and you were one of, you were part of the, the group that left. You're part of these, everybody that everybody leaves kind of mentality, but actually you've come back. Let's fix things. So that's kind of what I'm going to hope to see in episode four tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and she was also around in some other key moments, like when Lucas was getting choked out by Dan and things. But we'll talk about that when we get to him. So who do you want to go into now? Um, Is that covering off kind of Larry as well? Ellie, let's go into Ellie a bit and just say that Ellie has said to lucas in this episode that yes she was buying drugs she's buying marijuana and i kind of got it right but also kind of got it wrong in terms of my prediction with this it was she's she's buying something and it's going to be blown out of proportion and it kind of was because she's buying it for like medicinal purposes she's saying that she's she's got cancer and it's supporting her on her road to either treatment or recovery. I'm not, I can't remember what, if she, she says gets, she's she gets, no, where... she gets nauseous. She said that the weed helps with the nausea. She didn't say what stage she was at. She said it was like far a lot. It was a bit quite far along. I think she said. Okay. So potentially at a, at a bad stage. Um, and it's, you know, more medicinal than, than say recreational. Which I think, you know, I kind of got right, but I was saying it's going to be something completely different. And, you know, we, we joked for a little while that, you know, druggies can, and drug dealers can only pass things to each other through that specific handshake kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to find out how that goes. I think she's going to end up moving into the house. I think Ellie will end up living with Peyton and Larry. Mm. Um, I did kind of say, I think maybe she'll end up being partnered up with Larry I think maybe not maybe they'll help her and see her you know to end of life perhaps make mm. her comfortable if if we're going that deep if it, if it ends up going that far or at least helping her through her treatment and it's going to be a case of she's got nowhere to go she needs this treatment she can stay with us I think that's that's what's going to happen that'll be the sentiment of it yeah, we will find out. Should we go into should we go into little Lucas? Let's go into Peg Leg Luke. Peg Leg Luke. <laughs> Squinty. Squinty. Lucas. He seems is extra squinty. <laughs> <laughs> well, his hair changed drastically in uh they must have done like a reshoot or something for coverage for a scene or something because his hair not only changed style, it changed length like partway through like a scene when they're in the high school. We pointed it out on on the watch along. Um, but yeah, like you said and alluded to, he is just in a much better place in this season. It's kind of like he he knows himself again, like he got a bit lost. Uh, sort of towards the end of mid to the end of season one and then season two was kind of like him refinding himself and now he's in a position where it's like hey I mean he was good in season two as well but he kind of got wrapped up into I'm trying to take trying to take down Dan and that sort of stuff and now it's kind of like 
he's getting ready to focus on basketball again. Got the season coming up. Yeah, there's a bit of a rivalry going with Nathan, but he's not really holding the animosity. He's kind of reacting to Nathan holding on to that sort of bitterness or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he has a good journey. He has uh, he talks to Ellie. He helps progress that along. Um, she talks to him about you know helping to mend the bridge between her and Peyton. He has confrontation with Dan on the basketball court and Dan saying that he can remember, you know, that he had something to do with the fire or or whatever. And they're sort of passing the basketball back and forth. Lucas's hair, Chad Michael Murray's hair is looking great in this episode. This is like prime Chad hair. This is like pictures I was taking to like the hairdressers at like 24 and being like this Chad me, make me into Chad. Um, and yeah, he he's supportive of Peyton. There's nice. He has nice scenes with Haley. It's good to have that dynamic back. They have the whole prediction element that you sort of touched on, where they they have this loose brick that's above the cafe, and that's nice. That they're sort of going back into the past and looking at things that they were predicting when they were kids, or you know, uh, in in the previous years and the fact that they're going into their senior year together, so their final year of high school, so that's really cool. And then we get to a point where he's being choked out by Dan on the basketball court, and that that's serious. That's, that's some serious stuff to do. Uh, and then it ends with him writing his next prediction, and he says he's going to try again with... And we're not sure who he's written down. Is it going to be Peyton? Is it going to be Brooke? Is it going to be Mouth? Is it going to be Erica Marsh? We don't know. Dom, how did you feel about Lucas in this one? There's there's a, a number. Of, there's two things that you didn't mention when he says this this year I'll try it with or you know whatever he writes. You didn't say Haley. We all know he's thinking Haley, <laughs> and and it even cuts to Haley as she's writing her little predictions. So just saying, Haley is always on on the mind. I, I can't give you spoilers though, bro. I have to lend you into different directions. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will never not be convinced. Um, also, I would like to say that you didn't mention at any point Lucas's storyline with Brooke. And you know why you didn't mention it? Because it could have been written out of the episode. I'm really sorry to say this again, but Brooke oh, could yeah. have just not been in this episode. It was, it was pretty dreadful. I have to say, I was, I was really disappointed with her in this episode because again, she might as well just been in the back of someone's car with a top off. And that's, that's all she brought to this episode this time. Kristen wrote in, um, emailed which people don't email enough come on guys the email links in the <laughs> description email enough. throw us an email uh she said that she likes you dom because you like brooke so maybe she likes she me because i don't like brooke no because you do like brooke oh because i do like brooke okay yeah. but the, the thing is is i really she likes like... you do. yeah I, I really like brooke i'm a big fan of brooke but in these last two episodes it's just it's been about boys and it's been about it there's nothing real from her it's nothing real in these last episodes from brooke so that there's there's again you didn't even mention it in your you know little monologue about lucas's journey because it, it's not something that registered with you because it wasn't important because it could have been written out and uh again I, that's it's the only way i know how to say it my friend is is just be upfront and honest because 
it, her entire story in this episode was, oh yeah, we're you know I'm I can't turn up to to school without any clothes on. That wouldn't be pres- very presidential, but you know it might get me some more votes. You know next time will get me reelected or whatever. Oh, and why is this my the person that wants to go? You know like, like steady with me or whatever it is. Why has he not brought me flowers or brought me a bagel on the first day of school? And, oh, he's done my locker up. Oh, okay, how wonderful. Yet we've still not entered into this world of being in a, like, closed relationship. It's still an open relationship. We've got the scrunchy thing. If I've got this scrunchy on the door, it might mean that one of us or both of us has got a top off. And then if I've got this one, you definitely can't come in and you need to leave your partner. So, oh, just all of that. Throw all that shit in the bin. We don't need any of that right now. It's not important. And I get that it's playing that to and fro in that game with, with Lucas, but we'll eventually get to a point where she goes, you're the one I want. He's going to go, actually, Haley's the one I want. She's going to be a total mess and then hopefully sort her life out again. Because at the moment, all she cares about is buying clothes and not having enough money to pay the rent. It's ridiculous. Or actually, Haley says, hey, Brooke, black scrunchie tonight me and lucas get out of the apartment it is gonna be rocking i heard he's got a mouth dick <laughs> godzilla in there one eye yeah, one eye. Hello. <laughs> Hello. more like king dong <laughs> the little lady that cleans your office hello mr simon <laughs> You have to clean your office, please. This is Dom's on this voice. When we used to record in person, he used to impersonate no woman. Like you met the cleaner at our office. There was there was a man actually, a lovely man, and you, know, you used to do this voice and then walk around the office pretending to dust things and pretending <laughs> to dust me and ask me if I wanted dusting. And call me Mister Simon. Mister Simon, I clean you now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh gosh good times we've got to get back to that office <laughs> uh you know how mike has you as his ringtone yes. i would like to have you doing impression of your dad saying my name as my message tone. <laughs> give me a clear one right now i can use it simon You give me a couple of different inflections. Simon. Simon. Come on, Simon. Uh, people write in if you want us to invite Dom's dad onto the podcast. No, I need absolutely it. Absolutely not. <laughs> I want him to watch one isolated episode of One Tree Hill. <laughs> And then come on and just talk about it. Oh, God, that'd be horrendous. <laughs> anyway, we basically can we just final thing? Let's just we can cut off Brooke here as well. The final thing on Brooke is that she's written, writing tons of letters to Lucas, yeah, but hasn't I guess, sent any of them. I guess that's the only kind of like redeeming quality. And you almost kind of think that Lucas is going to find these one day something will happen brooke will like brooke will be the one that ends up you know in a coma or you know gets hit by a car and and lucas finds the box it's like what's all these and starts reading them it's like, oh my god you know she did love me all along and it was all that's basically her diary is what i think as well 
is that this is her, you know, pouring out her emotions and her heart onto the page. But we had to have, you know, 40 minutes of her talking crap before we saw something like kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and there is that little, what they call a game between them. And I think Lucas does the right thing and says, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay the night with you. I'm not going to do that until you confirm and say we're a couple and, and it's like a closed relationship and that's it. I'm the one for you. I know it. I ge- I still genuinely think he's going to write Haley on that page. <laughs> yeah, is that honestly what you Hayley. think is written on oh, there? Oh, well, absolutely convinced. He, he still can't detach himself from, from Haley. No way. Would you like to see that happen? Yeah, I think so. And be like, have that, Nathan. And who would who would Nathan go with? Brooke, Peyton. Ooh, so it's like back to the original like coupling in a way. Yeah, almost certainly. Ooh. And Brooke with like, <laughs> almost certainly. This is exactly what happened. <laughs> I wrote the script. My wife, anytime she'll predict something or she'll say the line just before the person's going to say the line in something we're watching that neither of us ever seen before. And she'll get it right. And I'll look over and she'll go, I wrote the script. <laughs> I wrote the script. Like, yeah, nice. Fair. Okay. So, yeah, let's tick off Brooke. Done. Lucas. So, he gets, let's talk about him getting choked out. I mean, what did you think of that? They kind of changed. It was an unusual camera action for One Tree Hill of sort of like, you know, follow, rotating around as it was happening. And Dan coming out with the zingers like uh, Peyton's like stop here's your family or something like that I can't remember and he's just like maybe you'd understand if you had one or had a mother or I can't something like that he, what was it she's like stop 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 and he's like this is a family matter you'd understand if you if you had one and like shoves her head like away it's like get back and, like knocks her down I, I have to say I, I really thought Dan um, kind of upped his level of crazy in this episode and and really showed that he's a force to be you know to be reckoned with he he's a force of nature in himself he's strong and he's not going to give up until he finds who did it and uh, i you can tell you just know that lucas didn't do it um and then it comes out that lucas is the one that saved him and then his escape after that night was going to Peyton's because we know that he ended up there so obviously told her and we need to find out who did it really. I, I keep, I've said Nathan twice. I'm not, I'm, st- I'm not convinced by that. I'll stick by my guns. I'll say, you know, maybe it was Nathan. It's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stay by my, my decision here and, and wait to be proved wrong. So who but do you I'm think not. it is then? Who's your second? No, no, I'll stick. I'm going to stick Have with a Nathan. Second. Have a second. Who's I don't second? want a second. No, no, I'll stick with Nathan. I like Nathan. You can't, like... we can't half heart it though then. If you saying that's your that's who you think it is you can't say well i'm gonna be proved wrong if you think you're gonna be proved wrong tell us who it is that's the problem it could be so many people (laughs) it will be the perfect uh resurgence of keith wouldn't it to say you miss keith do you miss a little bit a little bit i do a little bit but I i think it would be the perfect opportunity for keith to reappear uh no way no way it's going to be, what's her face? Emily. That married Keith. Jules. Jules. Uh, Jules slash Emily, right? Yeah, Jules slash Emily. Completely, yeah. I completely forgot about her. 
it's going to be her for everything you've done everything you've done on the thing right that's what it said oh, on the, the he's little so note he's so excited he's not nathan is so excited <laughs> it's not nathan now it's her i hadn't thought about her i hadn't considered her i reckon it's her that's what i'm going with i've changed my mind if it turns out to be nathan i will cry because <laughs> i was right all along but yeah i'm going to change my my opinion of it to her I just want to see Keith lying down on a shag rug by a fire again with his chest out. Am I right? Eek. <laughs> yeah. With with like a whole line of women. I want Karen there. I want Deb there. I want Jules there. I want anyone, El- Ellie there, you know. And mouth in the corner with a massive wang. <laughs> just watching. He's a watcher. <laughs> And for some reason, he has a monocle on, just one eye. <laughs> He's got to look distinguished in the corner. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, mouth in his massive wang. So, <laughs> but the the fight between Lucas and Dan. Let's get back to this. The fight between Lucas and Dan is is, is really good. Um, He's just and... overpowering him, like like as if Lucas is a little boy. And I love the line where it's just like, my record in this court is a little bit better than yours, Lucas. And it's just like, mm. it's like a Darth Vader grip. And when he finds out that Lucas saved him, he says, a stronger man would have left me in there. And that's, yeah. that's kind of cold. That's really cutting as well. And it's like, wow, if I'd have just let you die, that, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I saved your life. I actually think on the back of this, because he mentions it on the river court, he says, oh, you've run out of your drugs. We wouldn't want you to have uh, an accident and fall down and no one's here to help you. I think on the back of him finding out Lucas saved him, Lucas is suddenly going to start receiving the medication or he's going to start getting a prescription and, and Dan is going to start paying for the medication again. And, and Lucas will be like, I'm not taking this. I'm not taking it. He's like, no, you, you saved my life. So I'll, I'll, keep yours going or whatever and it will be like because he doesn't want anyone to mention it he says at the end of that episode this is between us and and you miss sawyer so i I think his way of trying to control that will be let's give him the medication again let's get him back on these life-saving drugs okay we will see a big episode for lucas let's talk about dan we kind of we kind of touched on dan there he has he basically is trying to get Whitey replaced. That's a whole thing in itself. Um, he has a great back and forth with Whitey, like one liners about, you know, uh, Whitey's like, oh, I'm just lighting a candle, Danny. It helps the feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> I thought fire was Satan's friend and, and Dan sort of keeps going back at him about him being blind and that he can't see and, uh, I, I put it in massive font so that you can read it. Replace Whitey Durham, you know. There, you're loving these moments. I know. Well, I know because I saw you on the watch along. But these are like <laughs> the best times for you, right? The, those bits are hilarious. Just that they're back and forth. And Dan having a one-to-one scene with with another character is always a great moment. You know, he even had the scene with Nathan today when Nathan's like hanging around after, you, you know, you've been getting divorced or you separate is a bit pathetic. And he's like, you would know. <laughs> and it's just, he's just got an answer for everything. And he has, um, he's so quick with it as well. And it's, it's brilliant. And it's very well, very well done on Paul Johansson's part. I have to say it, there's, he just pulls it off so well, so well. I really enjoyed the, the whitey scene though. And, and the back and forth there. 
and it it just builds to Dan becoming the the coach or the coach of like the the junior varsity team or the assistant coach because we've never seen an assistant coach and I think it's going to be Whitey that um like approaches him about it that gives him the position that Whitey's going to say this is my last season we know he, he says it's his last season um regardless of of win or, or loss and he's going to go you know what Danny I want you to be my assistant how about it and he's going to take him up on it and he's just going to wait for his moment for him to cock up or mess up in some big way and then take over but I think it'll be Whitey that goes you know what Danny come and come and work with me come and have this job while the dealership's being built you've got nothing to do come and join me in the gym Okay. Yeah, lots well, of predictions. Will... A whole episode's based on predictions. This is based on predictions. I'm loving it, Simon. Loving it. Oh wow. Say my <laughs> name. Uh I liked the bit where they're they're doing the PTA meeting or whatever, and uh Dan is <laughs> like, Karen Rose never even attended one of these meetings. I object. And the guy's like, Well, this isn't a court of law, Dan. Sit down. <laughs> like <laughs> Let's go. Uh, well, that's great. Um, I think we can kind of tie off Karen in this as well. She speaks up for Whitey and says what the impact has been on for Lucas for this whole, you know, this this whole season or for the last year and how Whitey teaches the boys to become men. And it's about, you know, more than just the X's and the O's. So that's all great. And, you know, it ends up with Whitey keeping his job. So that's good. Should we... Should we go over into Haley and Nathan because that's important to talk about, and they keep getting put into detention by Whitey to you know force them to to conversate, which ends up happening eventually, and Nathan comes out with that he doesn't want to get an annulment because that would be like their wedding and marriage didn't happen, and when it did, and they had a good you know good times, uh, so he actually wants to get a divorce. Ouch, clangor. But a divorce will take like a year. So really it buys her a little bit of time. I mean, what what did you think of that? Uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting the let's get a divorce. I thought he might say, I don't want to forget these times. Let's let's kind of drop it and see how it goes. But um, I think I said divorce just before he said divorce on the episode um, in, in the um, like watch along clip that I made. But it, I wasn't expecting him to come out with it like pre that because he was he was looking at all the stuff in the box, wasn't he, from the wedding and um, all the all the memories. And it kind of felt like he was leaning towards trying to reconcile. And what's really good is that he he does that, but says, let's let's call it a day. Let's be separate for a year and um and then get a divorce and um it was a bit unexpected but okay fair enough i think but that's actually a really grown-up decision um but i guess Haley has to now invest that time and try and convince him but the end of the episode is is really mixed as well because he he's he's it's like he's really grown up again in the space of like the episode that we see from from one day to the next because he comes into the school where he sees that she's kind of being bullied by this group of like what what I wrote down in my notes is this table of bitches and um kind of walks in says come on we're going to be late for class and then puts his hand on the back and 
and walks through. It's uh, um, one thing I, I, I never really agree with with these shows is when they say, come on, we're going to be late for class or, or we are late for class, is that there's about a thousand people in the corridor and no one is moving. Why are you the only ones late for class? Why isn't everyone late for mm-hmm. class? Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, <laughs> he, yeah, he's trying to support her and be kind. But it, it's not, again, I, I think it'll be the whole of season three for her to claw her way back into his heart. Well, and she is getting bullied and she's getting bullied for being successful. And I think we said this on the watch along, maybe because I think there were other people there. But people were saying, I don't get why people would be bullied for having success, where actually you and I, Don, have spoken to a lot of like child star actors that were, you know, actors in like the Mighty Ducks or the Little Giants or Hook and, you know, Power Rangers and other things free ninjas and actually they generally got a hard time in like high school and things afterwards because they were successful and people were jealous so i think this is actually quite true to life unfortunately that's not how we would act if we knew someone that was in something like that there was a kid in my school that was the year below so i didn't i didn't know them that was in eastenders they were one of ian bill's kids the boy uh you know him i do know peter peter Pe- peter peter bill <laughs> there's been like there's been like three peter bills right like and then they changed the actor he was mm-hmm. the one before the last one i don't know maybe two back you know it was in whenever the early 2000s <laughs> he wasn't the one that ended up being in bohemian rhapsody yeah, it's the one before that one. Before that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the slight, slightly less successful one. <laughs> yeah, the one that's not in Hollywood. But the... <laughs> but, but to be yeah. fair, he still ended up being in a TV show, so fair play to him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think there was like a big episode once where Phil like crashed his Land Rover and it went into the lake <laughs> and uh, the kids were in there and he was one of the kids that was in there. You know, it's this whole thing. But anyway, he was in, in our school and I never spoke to him or anything, but I remember thinking wow you're like the coolest <laughs> like not like yeah yeah i really hope our international listeners that have no idea what eastenders is or who ian beale is have gone and looked up who they are because we've mentioned ian beale before and we've just said go and look up ian beale um so please please do that look up eastenders it has a thriving history within within the united kingdom um and do it <laughs> Well, EastEnders has got to be our most popular soap opera, right? Well, that and Coronation Street. I think Coronation Street normally edges it and then there's EastEnders. It's very much a north-south divide in the UK. (laughs) Like northern people watch Coronation Street and southern people watch uh, EastEnders. And Dom and I are, of course, southerners because we're near (laughs) London. So we watch (laughs) EastEnders, yeah. (laughs) um but yeah it's our version of home and away or neighbors or our version of what's an american soap opera days of our lives or (laughs) you know those types something like that indeed okay so yeah that's Haley. really is that kind of everyone if we kind of can we talk about oh mouth we haven't talked about mouth I just want to go back to Haley quickly because she struggles with the writing her predictions and she kind of writes that she it takes her the entire episode and she even says to Lucas, can we not write this on the first day? Can we see how the first day of school goes? And then we'll write them. And then even when Lucas pops around after Dan's like choked him out and stuff, he's like, Oh, what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to write my predictions. And, um, 
he's like, okay, great, you know, but, and he says quite a nice, like, heartwarming thing. He says something along the lines of that they don't, like, make you or define you. You you kind of define them. It's, it's something along that sentiment, isn't it? You know, you 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 predict these things, but you get what you want out of it, is how I read that. It's you make it what you want to make it. And if you don't achieve that goal and you achieve something else, then great. But you, you're you. They don't they don't define you you're you're you know you define you and i thought that mm-hmm. was a really nice moment and actually um lucas is he's doing well in season three in my eyes he's he's doing mm. great but yeah Haley Haley has a bit of an up and down episode and she has she's back to being funny she's back to being almost tutor girl again she's almost there isn't she where she's like witty and fun and i think that's the combination between her and lucas it's nice to see those friends back together again and being best friends and and having that between them and, and the it's the camaraderie it's the the kind of tomfoolery between them and the 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 gentle jibes and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna kiss a boy this year and she's like shut up i wrote that when i was in seventh grade you know and um oh i'm gonna talk to paint sawyer and it's all the it's those sort of silly sentimental moments that really make that them like a power couple that aren't like in a kind of relationship other than friendship Mm. yeah nice for sure and mouth mouth has the comical moments of trying to interview people and just going into these monologues about how erica marsh rips his heart out it's probably some sort of surfer boy and kind of then losing himself and then getting back to asking a question i mean he was just sort of the comic relief in this one i mean how did you feel about it he was the comic relief I, i liked his moment with nathan when he jumped and sat next to Nathan and said, I'm doing a podcast. And I'm like, what's a podcast? And he explains it and then asks the question and then goes into the surfer boy thing. But he does it like two or three times throughout the episode. You know, he says uh, when Nathan and Haley meet at the school, he jumps in the middle was like, oh, Nathan and Haley, you know, is Nathan Scott going to be distracted by his, you know, separated wife being at the school? And is it going to cause him a problem this season? You know, like it has for me and my results because of Erica Marsh. And by that point, I'm like, okay we need to change the channel. And I was so pleased that Lucas went mouth, come here. You don't always wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, you're basically covered in blood. That's, that's how much um, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve. You've, you've got to tone it down, mate, you know, try and keep some of that in. And that was a really good, I, and I think that it kind of hit home that it was intentional that he's going around being like that and needed someone to tell him to stop. So I, I liked that. Yeah, I loved it when um, when Lucas went, yeah, tone it down, mate, you fucking mug. You're making <laughs> a fool out of yourself. You're a slag. You're a big <laughs> dick slag. We know you got a python in there, son, but keep it under wraps, all right? But, big money, I'm, big dick. I'm, I'm guessing we never see Erica Marsh again. I'm guessing she doesn't, like, she might be in the background, but actually she's never going to be a, I, I don't think we're actually going to see her again. I think she's she's done with now. She's she's with Jimmy finally. Um but there's <laughs> when you say that it makes it sound like she's dead. She's she finally... is in they called her Erica Marsh because that's where they found her, am I right? Exactly. <laughs> that's where she was gonna end up all along. Um uh, I have to say that I think him having his scoop from Whitey at the end was great, and then oh, him yeah. having 
a real conversation at the end as well, rather than just jumping in people's faces with a, you know, a recording device and saying, tell me everything about this and tell me about that. And how do you feel about this? It was, it was nice for him to say, how do you kind of overcome loss? How do you get over it? And why he's like, pull up a chair, you know, shut the door, pull up a chair, give me some whiskey. (laughs) But so, uh, yeah, he gets the scoop that this is Whitey's last season. So he's going to retire. How do you feel about that, Dom? Do you think that would be the end of the Whitey character in One Tree Hill if that was to happen? No, it's not going to be the end of it. uh, It was on the cards that he was going to retire, I mean, from season one. (laughs) So uh, I've been saying that it's going to happen. It was like a matter of time. Uh, I thought it might have happened through ill health in the last season. It didn't. He came back and he's um, now announced it, which, you know, it gives him season three. Season four, season five, he's going to be sitting in the corner of Karen's cafe causing all sorts of fucking mayhem. He's that That's going to be what's happening. You know, he's going to be a presence. I don't think he's ever going to leave. He might even end up being Peyton's counsellor. You know, that might happen. <laughs> it was good that they said about that uh, to Peyton. I know we touched on it, but it was great that they were like, yeah, maybe you sh- should get some help because, well, yeah, she's been going through some things, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy how much of a better performance Kevin Kilner gives, in my opinion, anyway. Um, like, not that the first Larry was bad, but you just, when he said things like, you know, I spent half my, you know, time out on the Atlantic on a, boat and whatever whatever it's like you actually feel for him you're like oh he's a hard-working dad he's just doing what he has to do rather than a first larry you kind of just think you're just a bad parent you know it's just the conviction of the performance i think yeah i guess um old larry was like i'm on this boat because i'm getting away from you and new larry's like i'm on the boat because we need to make money for you to live (laughs) yeah yeah i've got to pay for the gardener the cleaner you know that that we never see and that you know we're not subjecting you to cleaning like a six bedroom house or whatever and he's gonna have to take on ellie soon so it's you know it's adding to bills it's Mm. more food it's Mm. you know potentially having to buy a drugs for her (laughs) it's all sorts (laughs) happening (laughs) larry's getting busted buying weed (laughs) definitely Well, soon we're going to be joined by Daniel, our Raven, and we're going to hear all about what he has to say about this episode and find out more about him. And we'll get into our judgments, of course. Uh, Dom, is there anything else about this episode that you want to discuss? Uh, Anything we didn't hit? Let me just double check my notes. Well, while Dom does that, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and how couldn't you, then please help us out, support us. You can check out all of our content at ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through hoops, but they also go through nets. Ravenshoops.net. The only thing I will mention is that deb isn't in the episode um mm. she she's vanished so notably she's she's disappeared but other than that i can't think of anything or anyone we've missed out excellent how are you feeling about 2025 i'm excited i wish earlier. it was sooner i wish it was much much sooner so do i so do let's I. start doing two episodes a week 
and not when there was 2023. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was a period when in the build up to having our baby that we did like three episodes in a row. I think we did one a day for like three days in a row when we were recorded in person at the office. And uh, they were some of the best ones, I think. Not that I've, you know, I haven't listened back, but uh, I think that was the one where we did Dead Body Adventure. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. We we were getting prepared, weren't we? So you were you were due to have your baby, and I had some time off from work. So we blitzed through a few episodes just so that we would still be putting content out. It was already like recorded and ready to go. Yeah. Um, one thing I keep meaning to mention and bring up, but I haven't for, for ages, is the fact that the beginning of our episodes is recorded every time. I listen to some podcasts and stuff, and the the recording and the intro is always the same intro. is always is always pre recorded and just attached. But ours, like my changes every time anyway, because I say a different number. But you know, people might think that you just add in the you know kind of welcome to the show kind of thing but actually you say it every time every week and i, I love that yeah. sometimes you put different spins on it and it's it's great so uh, people no illusions here it's simon saying it every week is great <laughs> <laughs> i i like the idea that by the time we've finished this podcast at minimum i would have said publicly that i love one tree hill over 187 times and way more than that because of you know bonus content and whatever but yeah I, I i was also thinking about how crazy it will feel when we're finished like when we've got to the end like it will be like the end of a really big chapter like we, we would suddenly, have pulled off which is that we suddenly got no reason to talk to each other anymore <laughs> well there's there's other one tree hill podcasts that didn't make it like there's quite a few quite a lot of podcasts i can't remember what the stat is it's something like nine out of ten podcasts don't even do a second episode like there's quite a lot of people that think they're going to do a podcast they do one episode two and then they just stop because they realize it's actually quite a lot of hard work or it's hard to have you know content and things to talk about but we by the time we've finished we will be the only one tree hill podcast that's covered every single episode individually because uh, you know other podcasts were doing two at a time and we'll be the only one that's you know gone into that much detail and yeah the only one by two guys speaking of guys daniel is here so let's let him in let him in cool well we are now joined by daniel so daniel thank you so much for joining us all the way from over there in the united states how are things with you Thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for letting me be a part of the episode. Uh, things are going well. I uh, I just m- recently moved to Salt Lake City from uh, New York City, and it's a huge transition for me. But I have been grounded by rewatching the show with you guys and reliving a lot of my favorite moments. So thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the great support. To be, it's great to be part of part of that journey for you as well (laughs) no i'm kidding but it's great that you've moved and um you you mentioned i'll say off air but you mentioned kind of hustle and bustle coming away from that slightly and and that's that that must be a really nice feeling and it's it's kind of i hope it's relaxing you and you feel a bit more you know maybe a bit less pressure a bit more centered you know how how did the move go 
Yeah, it was crazy. I moved here in um, in in January, actually, and I drove all the way here with my rental minivan packed uh, to the the seams. You probably couldn't have fit a paperclip more inside the minivan with me. And I drove in the middle of January, pretty much across the entire continental U.S. uh, for three days and uh barely made it here but uh but it's been good and i've yeah i've been enjoying a little bit of a slower pace and and a better lifestyle so it's been great excellent so simon in a three-day drive how far do you think you could get from where you are now i'm thinking deep into russia what are you saying (laughs) god i'll give it a go i'll give it a go because the, the u.s is just scary big and it's a Daniel three days to get to his new home three days for us would be a little hop over the water and then deep in I reckon I reckon we could get into into deep bit of Russia I yeah I also my my parents and I when I was a kid we drove to the south of France and it took like we drove for like 27 hours and it doesn't (laughs) and France isn't even like that far or exciting like at least use well, I feel way. like we have a love-hate relationship with with uh, the French here in the U.S. too throughout our our histories, and you know we actually envy you all being in Europe because I feel like here in the U.S. we aren't very well traveled. I mean, not not necessarily across, especially in Europe, but but even here in our own country, I hadn't seen much of the West at all, and that's partly what was driving me to come out here is I wanted to to see a little bit more of California go up to Seattle and see these parts of the country that I otherwise wouldn't see because yeah, we're just too massive and flights are too expensive. We don't have Ryanair here like you guys do. <laughs> For better but or have, worse. But you yeah. have like, you have Delta, right? Is that like the cheap one there? No, that's, that's one of our best airlines. That's, that's, that's one of the best we have to put oh. forward. <laughs> Southwest, Southwest, I would say, is more like our Ryanair. Southwest, Southwest. Nice. Okay, excellent. And and you didn't fancy a move to Wilmington, North Carolina? You know, I have been, and I'm sure we'll get into that, because I I did go down during the the series to be an extra when I was a teenager on One Tree Hill. Um, And I did like the the area very much. And uh, I've always wanted to return, if not to live, just to visit. So it's on my bucket list. 2025 yeah yeah i can team up with you guys right maybe we can split a split a a hotel room or something save some money (laughs) only if we fly delta though i I would quite (laughs) happily pay for your hotel room because i know at some point we'll need a lawyer (laughs) i'll do what i can for you guys excellent superstar thank you that, that that's a that's such a lawyer response you know i'll do what i can I, i we have um we have lawyers for uh my organization and my mum taught me quite early on my mum used to work with me uh within it and she said that lawyers and accountants don't ever write things properly in an email our lawyers and accountants will always be like we'll give you a call because they don't want you to write stuff. They don't want to write something that you're then that you have you can hold them to. They're always like, "Yeah, I'll give you a call in five minutes," and then they'll say whatever, and then I can't prove what they told me, Daniel. I can't prove it. <laughs> right? They teach you in law school that the the only answer to a question as a lawyer is is maybe, and uh, and we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That. That's thousands and thousands of dollars for for that pearl of wisdom. <laughs> exactly. 
Excellent. <laughs> well, Daniel, let's talk about One Tree Hill. Let's talk about right. you and One Tree Hill. So how did it first enter your life? I think I started watching halfway through season one. Um, I had heard about the show and a couple of my friends were watching it. I was in ninth grade at the time. So uh, seasons one through four basically corresponded to my whole high school experience, ninth through 12th grade. Um, although I guess in, in Tree Hill uh, land in, in season one, they were starting out as juniors, but I felt like I went to high school with them and uh, graduated at the same time they graduated. And uh, I just really connected with the show right away. It was, I hate when people call it a teen drama because you're almost discounting, in my opinion, what the show was. It was so much more than that. I mean, there's great teen dramas out there. I enjoyed The O.C. and a couple other shows growing up, too. But this had something more to it um, and something deeper, I feel like. And I connected with that. Um, and now rewatching the show, it makes me feel that youthful energy I felt when I was first watching it. I felt hope and like anything was possible and it, it was a show that really made me fall in love I think with the art of storytelling I got really into the craft of it all the power of of the right music uh, the power of the right words spoken or the right shot and the show appealed to me because it was set in a, a small town I was growing up in a small town too and I'd always resented it but one Tree Hill made me feel like there was meaningful moments of connection to be had, even in small towns. There was sacred history, even in small towns and something to be proud of uh, being from a place like that. Um, so I got into the show uh, like crazy. I don't want to be was my ringtone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, back then it just made me feel like I wanted to grow up and, and make something or do something that made someone feel similarly to how that show made me feel. Um, hasn't happened yet. I, I wound up being a lawyer and in an office job. Uh, but, um, but going back to revisit this makes me feel all those feelings again. That's great that it kind of, you've kind of had that journey with it and it was almost like parallel. And there's so many people that are now saying, you know that are coming on the podcast and a couple of episodes ago crystal said she used it as a guide it was almost like a barometer of how to respond to things and and almost like make judgments and this this has kind of happened in Peyton's life for example and uh, I can kind of build from that experience is is there any any of the characters from that from when you were that age to even maybe now that you resonate with has that has that changed as you've got a little bit older and time has moved on I don't know if for better or worse, if I, if I resonated with any particular character, what I really resonated with was, um, like I said earlier, those moments of connection that you'd see in the show. I, I, I used to call them and still do One Tree Hill moments. They're the moments where two people are face to face and just the right words are spoken and they get through to each other. And I feel like it almost set me up for unrealistic expectations of how life actually works, because I found in life that, that doesn't actually work. I'll tell you an example, even just from this episode, um, when Nathan visits um, uh, Karen in the cafe and she, you know, mentions that, oh, Haley's back. And, um, and he goes, uh, you know, 
he kind of discounts that and and she just says you know what are you going to do and it's it's a moment of i feel like in real life just like conversations just don't end on those poignant moments so there's always like back and forth see you later like just this casual stuff i wanted my life to be as romantic as the show made human relationships out to be and i think that's what i connected with was was wanting my life to be a little bit like that i'm always seeking one tree hill moments and uh, they come of every once in a while but most of life isn't actually like that i found out I love that one tree nice. moments. That's yeah. great. And is this the second time? Only the second time of you watching the show, or have you done rewatches before? I have. I tried to rewatch a couple of years ago, and uh, my life just got busy, and I and I stopped. But I so I've seen. I but I've definitely rewatched the episodes multiple times. I used to record them on VHS or DVR or whatever I had back in the day, and. I would just replay them time and time again. I used to even find like fan websites where they would have like little scripts. Uh, people had transcribed what what it, what was spoken in that episode. And embarrassingly, I mean, this seems kind of juvenile for high schooler, I guess. But I remember acting out those scenes with my <laughs> with my friends. I, I I was just I was so into it. So um, I guess this is yeah my my first official rewatch all the way through. And how did you discover uh, the podcast? I think I saw you guys come up just in my Instagram feed one day and I, and I became aware of you. Yeah. So I just started to, to tune in at that point. Excellent. I'm glad you guys are, 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 revi- are doing something like this. Actually, my first response was probably a little resentment towards you guys. I was like, crap, <laughs> I wish I had thought to do this, but now I get to be a part of it. So well, good. Excellent. It's kind of, I mean, as uh, from from a male perspective, and as a male fan of the show, obviously, I say that I love it at the start of every single podcast episode, and I do. Uh, like I, and Alex said this, who came on our podcast at the end of season uh, one, that it's nice to, like, we're in the minority is what I'm trying to say, right? Like, like as a, a male audience. And I think that's something that if, if there were other male perspective podcasts about one tree here out there, potentially we might not have done it. Like I don't, I wouldn't have suggested it to Dom because it's kind of like, well, it's already been done. What I like about our aspect into it is that this hasn't been done before. And because of that, I think we do come from slightly different perspectives. Like I think Dom would be the first one to admit that he probably wouldn't watch this show if we, if I, you know, unless he was doing the podcast. And so it gets that great insight from him that someone that's not a typical audience member. I mean, is that fair to say, Dom? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, people know from listening to this podcast that it's not my usual cup of tea. Um, I tend to stick to more science fiction and, and, you know, elements like that. Um, but yeah, it's not something that I, I, you're spot on. It's not something I would have picked to watch or gone out of my way to watch. But, um, you know, uh, I think doing that and making that, you know, making this podcast and, and having these opinions is kind of almost restoring that balance and, and joining, like having me join yourself, Simon, and joining Daniel as being like a, a male perspective you know on, on all these characters and and 
seeing this whole show, you know, how it builds kind of through my eyes as a, as an older male as well. So I suppose when you guys, Simon, you were in your early twenties, Daniel, you were kind of the, the same age that they were supposed to be. And now you've got the opinion of a 30 year old, th- okay, 30 plus year old, um, <laughs> kind of on, on what their thoughts on the show is. And um, yeah, it's great. It's great to be a part of that now. But you've been pleasantly surprised, Dom, because I've often thought you started this podcast. What if two seasons into it, you just came to Simon? You're like, I can't stand the show. You're going to have to find <laughs> someone else. I think that was always Simon's fear. I thought Simon thought like we'll get exactly like you said, a couple of episodes in or a couple of seasons in and he'll just be like, I'm done. Um, but I'm 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 all in for this. I want to see how these characters develop, where they go, what the and and things like that simon says and brings up keep coming back to me like there's no supernatural element there's nothing particularly special in terms of powers or anything about these people other than their emotional connections and exactly that what you were saying the sentiment that they're able to get across and those kind of life experiences that they live and you think why didn't i live through that life experience and why did it didn't work out that way for me or oh god i definitely didn't work out that way for me and that's a good thing you know and there's so many elements that we can really pick out from it and i'm 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 in this for the for the nine for the full nine well, it's interesting, Simon, that you bring up the the male aspect, because I do think that's true. I feel it, life is so different now. Things have changed so much since 2003, and gender expectations have faded away. And it's more acceptable now, I feel, for a teenage boy, if he were growing up, to watch the show and, and not be ashamed of it. But I do remember having memories of feeling a bit ashamed. I mean, of course, my my friends all knew I loved the show. I was a closeted teen, so I think that had a lot going into it that I didn't want to be exposed uh, for who I really was. But I can remember at times hiding the fact that I enjoyed the show. Um, even when I went down to be an extra, I, I recall the other extras who were pretty much all just locals who were trying to get work. I remember one of them turning to me and saying, you're from New York, why are you here? There wasn't, aren't there plenty of other shows you could be an extra on? And I just made something up because I, I couldn't admit the truth to her, which is, yes, I drove 11 hours because this is my <laughs> favorite show. I had to walk the halls of Tree Hill High. I had to be here. Like, I, there was no way I was going to expose myself like that. Now I, I wish I could just, you know, shout it from the rooftops. I guess I am publicly being on this <laughs> podcast, but, and it is nothing to be ashamed of, but it was just a different environment back then. And, and you, you had to toe the line more when you were an adolescent back then. Well, if this can like balance the scales back for, for your experience or for that conversation there, you're my absolute hero for doing that. I think that's the most awesome thing. I would have been in the car with you going, yes, let's go and do not stop unless we have to stop for gas. Besides that, we go until we're there because I think that's so cool. But I, I also get what you were saying because I had, even now, like, in fact, especially now, um, People and Dom and I have spoken about this to each other before, and I think maybe on the podcast, but people don't really get what we're doing. Like our friends, you know, if I, if some if one of my friends is like, oh, what are you doing? The, are you doing a podcast? What is it about? And before when we were doing the mighty nineties, it was easier. We're like, oh, we're doing it about, you know, movies from the mighty 90s, from the nineties. 
people say no we're doing a uh, we're doing it on one tree hill and it's kind of like what why one tree hill and i had to i love one tree hill i love it it changed my life like i i have no embarrassment of it because like dom and say majors dom i'm you know you know mid-30s man um and you know these things don't matter anymore you kind of hopefully you know as we grow up we become more secure in ourselves and you know we are who we are like it or love it type of situation um but I also remember feeling a bit like that when I was younger that like I was going to be judged for not you know my favorite show not being Breaking Bad or whatever which is a great show but it's not my favorite I prefer I choose One Tree Hill a million times out of a million times over Breaking Bad um so I'm with you. Well, talk talk to us about being an extra. So what what season was that in? That was in this season, which Dom, I must say, I'm sure other people have told you, you're in for a wild ride. This is most definitely the best season of One Tree Hill. Seconded only to the the next season, season four, in my opinion. I think that's that's also uh, one of the best seasons. Um, then it goes down a little, a little bit downhill from there. Um, but uh, still great, still great. Um, but this is this is really the the best season. So I, I I'm so happy that that's the season I was able to to go down and be an extra. Also, a very precarious season for the show, though, because as fans, we were very well aware that the CW was going to start taking over the WB network uh, for season four. So all of season three, it was kind of like holding your breath of, is this show going to make it to the the next network? Are they going to pick this up? Um, so, uh, so while it was the best season, uh, it was also a scary time because you've got the best season of the show. And then also this fear of, well, it might not be resolved. It might not come back. Um, so I was all in at this point and I just, I, I stumbled upon a fan website that happened to have a little, uh, blurb about do you want to be on One Tree Hill? Do you want to be an extra? And I clicked it. It was probably that website Blogspot or whatever that people used to have these blogs. And it had an address for FinCanon and Associates. And that was the on-site uh, casting agency for the show. They were they were right there on the studio lot. So I just sent in my uh, my resume, which was basically... At that point, uh, school shows and musicals I'd done, it was pretty, pretty dumb. I'd never done anything professional. Um, And I went to go get myself some headshots so I could submit a headshot as well. And uh, that was uh, pretty hilarious because there was a a portrait studio chain at the time called Olin Mills. And I, I went down, the photographer sat me down. I, he asked me what kind of photos I was there for. And I said, I'm here for actors headshots. And you could tell he had never heard of that before. We were the furthest thing away from being a show business town as could be. This guy's bread and butter, I'm sure, was Christmas photos of babies, you know, propped up against the family golden retriever. Uh, so he had never heard of anything like actors had shots. Um, but we took a few embarrassing photos and I, I sent it in. And then one day I got a, a voicemail on my phone from, I guess, the extras casting director and she told me a, a date to be there. I think it was um, March 6th or something, 2006, if I remember. And uh, I recruited my poor dad and, and my brother actually as well. 
uh, to split the driving because I, 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 I think I might have been too young to drive still at that point. And uh, we made the drive down from New York to, to Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, I, I got to be in an episode of the show. Um, someday, if you have me back, I'll, I'll go into more of the details about what I was in and what I was doing and what was going on. I don't want to give Dom any spoilers, but uh, it was a great experience. And it was just so surreal to be there. Amazing. And I learned spoilers myself during a very vital time in the season and got to bring those back to my friends and spread the gossip. <laughs> That's awesome. It sounds like such a great experience as well. And um, I'm, I'm actually really pleased that you got to go and got to do that and got to live that. That's, that's fantastic. Being part of something that you genuinely seem to, to hold dear and kind of cherish, which is great. And I've, I've now decided on the back of all of that, that season three is now my favorite season because you're in it, Daniel. That's the only <laughs> That's... I'm seen clearly season three, episode 17. You'll, you will definitely see me. It's, it's, it's awkward, actually. It's embarrassing in a way, but I'm, but I'm proud of it just because it meant so much to me. So, and I'm immortalized now forever. I can, it, you know, I'm on a DVD box set in someone's living room. In my right in mind. Next <laughs> yeah. to me. Right. Will, will you, will you come, will you come on on that episode? Even if it's just for like 15 minutes to just like talk us through it. Cause that would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to. I, I have some interesting stories from, from that episode. And so I'd love to share that with you guys. Did oh, you it's going to become a, it's going to become a conversation with, we can, yeah. that's, we've moved into a whole new podcast with, with Daniel on, on that one. When we get to episode 17, that'd be brilliant. I love that. It'd be awesome. I look forward to it. Well, did you get to meet any of the cast or anything? Like, obviously, if you have to save it until we're there for any spoilers, then, you know. Don't. Yeah, I think I saw pretty much everyone except maybe Deb, which makes me so sad. I saw your episode with Barbara and she's just, she is, she's a queen. I'm in love with her and I would have loved to have seen her, but I don't think, I don't think I saw her. I didn't see Karen. I didn't see Keith, and uh, I didn't see some of the the River Court guys. But pretty much all of the main cast members, I, I got to see, and just even walking onto the set and seeing the tape with their their characters' names, you know, where they're supposed to hit their mark. It was just so surreal because I knew who was going to be in the scenes, and I was just waiting for them to come out with bated breath. It it was awesome. When you saw Chad Michael Murray in the flesh. I mean, was there a halo around his head? I mean, does his hair look that good just, you know, normally? I mean, was it a special moment? You know, it's funny. I think though us non-actors, we think that their lives are just so much fun and that they're having a great time while they're filming these shows. And everyone just seemed kind of miserable to me while I was on set, actually. <laughs> and maybe that was because Chad happened to be in a scene at that time with... Um, uh, um, uh, with you know his ex-wife I think at that point and uh, and so I think that might have been a little bit awkward for them um, and maybe I could be reading into the into tension that wasn't really there I have no clue but everyone just kind of seemed a little a little like I don't know stressed and, and not wanting to be there so it definitely shattered any illusions I had that being an actor wasn't real work it, it does seem like work for them my interaction with Chad actually was there's a scene where I'm standing right next to him and we, they kept reshooting that like 11 times. And um, 
there was one point where he was drinking a little a little tiny like Poland spring bottle of water and as as they were about to to commence the shooting again he turned to hand it to me and then he said um oh oh sh- shoot you can't you can't have this either uh realizing that I was going to be in the shot too I wasn't a crew member obviously um and I, I almost said, uh, no, 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 give that to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> could have put it on eBay or something like that. Or let's let's be serious. I was probably be more creepy than that. I probably would have just drank the rest of it instead of <laughs> I shared a bottle of water with Chad Michael Murray. Um, I definitely would have done that. <laughs> Simon, they would have had to have done the scene like a thousand times because you'd just be glaring at him the whole time, like putting your arm out and touching him. You know, <laughs> like, can somebody get rid of this? This extra, he he doesn't need. <laughs> I am. You guys can't see this, but I'm I'm six foot five and a half, and I probably was back then as well. I don't think I've really grown at all since 15 years old, and that was actually kind of a problem. I didn't make a great extra uh, because of that. I was often in the way, and the director or someone was always kind of pulling my arm and repositioning me. I'm surprised they didn't just give me the boot altogether. Hmm. Um, so, but I, I definitely got at least my, my scene where I was up close to them and I knew I was going to be seen on camera and it was very exciting. So we That's need to awesome. get him, we need to get him level with Chad. Can D- Daniel, can you just take a step back? No, 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 keep going. Right. Keep going. Okay. Now you're level. <laughs> you're like exactly. four miles away. <laughs> That, that's amazing so cool well yeah you're definitely 100 percent. you have to come back to talk to us about that you know in, in even more detail because and especially once dom's seen that episode so that you know context of all the scenes and everything so awesome can you give us your top five favorite tv shows of all time Oh, wow. Um, well, like a classic millennial, I got to a point where I started hating cable and viewed that as, you know, everything that was wrong with my parents' generation, the boomer. That was that was for boomers. So I eventually got into like more uh, streaming types of services as, as I got older, HBO, Showtime, etc. Um, so I would say a lot of the shows fall into that category. You know, you mentioned Breaking Bad. I think that's an amazing show. I, I do like that. Um, Game of Thrones, I, I kicked and screamed. I did not want to watch that. I'm not a fantasy person at all. Everyone kept telling me, watch it, watch it. And during the last season, I finally started it up. And and I do think that is one of the best shows of all time. Um, another show that I love that's kind of a cult favorite that no one talks about is I think Toni Collette is brilliant. I don't know if you guys are too familiar with her, but she did a show, um, United States of Terra on showtime that i thought was so funny so clever it was a show about a woman with multiple personality disorder and how she managed her family life but it was a dramedy and it had its poignant moments it had its its really hilarious moments um and uh, they canceled it after only three seasons i was so sad um but uh, i i think a lot of people were probably uh couldn't get the humor it was kind of it was kind of uh obscure and and uh high level at times i don't think a lot of i probably went over a lot of people's heads so it wasn't very popular but it ended i you guys should really check that out um i would say other than that i loved nurse jackie i don't know if you guys have seen that um that's an amazing show and and six feet under as well is another hbo show that i love and uh i thought was was absolutely brilliant Wow, quite quite a collection. I think my only real experience of Tony Collette, I mean, she's in 
uh, loads of stuff. Um, but Muriel's Wedding <laughs> is definitely one to to watch if you haven't seen it. Um, uh, as it might even be uh, coverable in Mighty Nineties. It's it's quite a, again like a cult niche kind of film. It's it's brilliant. It's very funny as well. And she's she's brilliant in that. Um, Six Feet Under gets pe- people mention this every now and then and say it's it's a fantastic show because it's um, can't remember his name. Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall. That's it. Yeah, from Dexter, isn't it? Um, and people say that he's fantastic in that, and just the whole show, like start to finish, is brilliant. It's something that I need to um to get get on the bandwagon, I think, and start watching. I'll probably have it finished by the end of the week if I if I start tonight. <laughs> That's one it's of my parents' show. favorite shows, Six Feet Under. I mean, I've seen the first season of it, uh, but when I was younger, so I need to revisit for sure um what about a bad movie that you love i guess i would have to go with the whole high school musical series i Mm -hmm. i loved that and uh people might uh sometimes people are like you you were too old you were too old for that weren't you i was not i mean i'm a year younger than zach efron okay so if he's playing a high schooler (laughs) i i'm definitely not too old to be into this and I just, people hate that, those movies, because they're just so bubblegum, so innocent. And, but I love that part of it. I think the music is all really good and, and super catchy and actually was filmed here in, in Salt Lake City, all three movies. And now there's a, there's a show on, on Disney Plus that was filmed here as well. So when I arrived here in Utah uh, uh, six months ago, I drove past the high school that everything was filmed in and uh, squealed and almost crashed my car. <laughs> and it's now my goal to one day make it in there because they didn't film anything on sets from what I understand. It was like all in the school hallways and uh, gymnasium, et cetera. So I, I, I want to check that out. Awesome. Do you guys like that show? Do you guys like those? Have you seen them at all? I haven't I've never seen any of them. Actually. Me neither. I, I I did um I studied to be a teacher and people on my course were going crazy for for that. Uh, again, it was I was on a course with I think like about 200 people and there were four guys and the rest were women. Um so kind of kind of like a one tree hill audience member. Um but uh yeah there's that people were going crazy for it i never watched it um but i probably would like it i feel i i know myself and i probably would like it so well that sounds like the story of my life it's always been me and the girls and uh yeah (laughs) that's that's a theme that's followed me uh all all 30 plus of these years but yeah you would love it especially if you're into musicals and and were any kind of part of theater or anything growing up it, it 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 harkens back to all those great memories and times. So yeah, it's amazing. Nice. Excellent. Well, um, let, let's talk about, about this episode. So, because this is, we're doing this, you're the first, you're the first person we've had on in season three, because for um, just different reasons, it didn't pan out with people on, on the first episode and the second episode. And this is the third one. So this is the first time I was doing this format. So Dom and I have already spoken about like the detail of the episode, but in general, um, what, what did, what were your thoughts on this one? Like you enjoyed this episode. What, what did you think? I did. I, I kind of just, you know, I think this is the quintessential One Tree Hill type of episode. This is when I think of One Tree Hill, 
this is the the type of episode I think of. I think of of the the opening montage with some song that's you know by some two thousands band with <laughs> a literary quote being spoken that's somehow going to resonate throughout the rest of the action, and I think of the closing montage with another song and the same quote repeated that is an end cap on the episode. It, it's it's exactly the type of thing that made me fall in love with the format of, of this show. And I feel like we get that in, in this episode and we start to, to set season three up for being the best season. There's a lot of uh, interesting storylines that, that are coming through here. And also I, I remember your podcast with John Nordstrom. That's another one that I listened to. And I loved that because I already knew his name and I knew about him because I loved the music uh, that he did for this show. And that's featured a, a lot prominently in this episode too. I think we mm. hear that first track that was his audition for the show. We hear that when Lucas is pimping out Brooks, Brooks locker. Mm-hmm. And then of course we hear the snippet of the Nathan and Haley theme that I, uh, I love that's what that, that music that is played during season three and season four of, of Nathan and Haley's scenes that's what makes you fall in love with them as a couple. I think music is so powerful and uh, that's, that's one of the best parts of this series. And I think is featured prominently in this episode. Daniel, the way you just answered that made me fall in love with you. I'm just like (laughs) that. That was a perfect answer. And I'm so glad you said that about the music because yes, that uh, that is the that was his audition piece and i'm so glad you listened to that episode because that is such an slept on episode of our podcast like that's one of the episodes that has doesn't it doesn't have like amazing download numbers not not that you know we're not in in it for the download numbers you know i i couldn't believe i had that conversation with him but uh people need to check that one out because he was dropping so much awesome knowledge and his story was so cool about how he got into it and everything and yeah you can hear all of those touches i mean dom did you hear the difference in the music like as in the the undertone music in this episode like for season three yeah it it didn't feel like stock music anymore you know just kind of like the you know at the end of the episodes it's like the that kind of like chimey piano-y kind of playing it it that used to sort of happen throughout the episode, but now it's a little bit more, you know, attached to a character or attached to a theme. And that, that felt a lot, you know, a lot nicer and a lot better. I, I'm gutted, gutted, gutted of how very British of me. I'm gutted that I haven't been able to um, listen to that episode and or I couldn't be a part of it because he would, uh, from what I hear, he was dropping spoilers left, right, and center. So, um, <laughs> impossible. Me, it but... was impossible not to because that he came on near the beginning of season two, and he didn't start until season three. But he is going to come on this season again to talk with you, Dom, um, about particular episodes because there is. Um, and I'm sure you you probably know what I'm talking about, Daniel. But there are some episodes later in this season where the music is different. Um, like particularly different to what it normally is and uh, he had a lot of fun doing that and so he could come on and talk about those specific episodes and just keep it encapsulated so that there are no spoilers so you will get to speak to him my friend and uh, <laughs> hopefully everyone will continue li- you know we'll listen to that one because he's awesome so um, 
I think what the best thing for us to do here is if we go through some of like the ju- the judgment ep- elements and then because then we get to touch on everything as we go through and hear your perspective and everything, Daniel, you know, who you think the best performer was, who was your favorite character and it kind of will, you know, unpeel the onion. So <laughs> let's talk about performer. So Daniel, who was your favorite performer in this episode? Um, I guess I would say my favorite performer in this episode was probably Karen. Uh, well, I'm not Karen. Well, Karen, I, I liked, I liked that scene, as I said before with her and, and Nathan. Um, uh, I thought that was a really uh, meaningful scene. Um, and I liked how she spoke at, uh, at, at Whitey's, you know, school board meeting where he was about to, to get uh, dismissed. Um, and I liked when she, when she just gave that passionate speech about she started out a little rocky and you could tell in Whitey's face that he was a little nervous where she was going. Cause she said, Oh, he recruited my son against, you know, my will and my permission to, to join this team. But then she saves it um, and saves Whitey by uh, basically uh, saying that he meant a lot more than just the game to these boys and that he brought elements of of life and being a good man and being a good person and good citizen to to his his coaching of them and that just resonated with me because I feel like throughout my life and my educational career the teachers I remember most are those teachers that deviated from the curriculum and and went beyond what we were supposed to be learning and actually helped us learn how to be good human beings and I see that in Whitey and so does Karen. And I think that's, that was just such a, an impactful scene. Uh, despite the fact that I thought it was so unrealistic that, you know, here's this guy who's been teaching for or coaching for 40 years and somehow Dan gets his entire career tenure be damned, uh, put up to a vote at a school board meeting, uh, all with the only accusations being he hasn't won enough games. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Dan's Ex. a powerful man. <laughs> yes, he gives some good deals on some cars, I guess, uh, to, yeah. to get that kind of uh, to pull in this town. Discount will get you far, that's for sure. <laughs> or Dom, what about you? Favorite performer? Uh, I actually have to, you know, give a shout out to to sort of Moira Kelly and the and the Karen character, uh, Daniel. You might not you said you've been really busy and stuff which is which is absolutely fine so you you won't know that you know season one season two you'll be familiar that I give Karen a bit of a hard time but season three I'm I've declared my love for Karen she this is the Karen I've always wanted and and she is brilliant so I'm so happy but um so massive honorable mention to to Moira Kelly because the the speech that she does at the school the conversation she has with Larry it's it's she's so personable and she's becoming she's for me she's bloomed uh into this character which I I love um but actually I think for performer it goes to it goes to Paul Johansson for me in this episode he he was just on it like a car bonnet he was just all over everyone um quick responses he was just I thought it was fantastic and his reactions and his his like fight with Lucas in the in the gym it just felt it felt like raw like like aggression and but almost passion and it just it was just so many elements coming out of that and then when he pushes Peyton it just 
it was it was a crazy scene, but it was it was well worth the watch. It was really really good. So, what about you, Simon? What are you thinking? Uh, I would go with um, Bethany Joy Lens. I think. Sorry, my dog just ended. <laughs> this is because it's high Luna. <laughs> happens every sort of time around this period. Um, I would say. Yeah, Bethany Joy Lenz, I think she played vulnerability really well with like the sort of being bullied and, uh, you know, just wanting to get her husband back. Um, so I, I, will, I will go with her. Daniel, what about your favourite character? Do, is your character different from Karen or, or from Moira Kelly or is it or are you going to double up? Um, I would agree with you about, about Haley's character. I think she's, she's very sympathetic in this episode when she maybe hasn't been in, in previous episodes, she's getting bullied and she feels that same pressure and makes that connection with Nathan in detention, realizing that maybe she's starting to feel some of the pressure that he's been under, um, being in, in the spotlight and in the public and feeling like you can let other people down. And I think Nathan sees himself feeling that same compassion for Haley um, for the first time since her return. Um, But at the same time, he's trying to dodge her uh, and trying to actively trying to avoid her. I think he doesn't want to see her because he doesn't want to feel bad for her. He doesn't want to feel those feelings. He wants to hold on to anger. And we see that by the end of the episode, even he can't resist, uh, feeling love and 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 for and a bit of forgiveness for her nice good choice and dom uh, i think i'm gonna go complete opposite to dan and give it to lucas as my favorite character for the episode he had again he's changed for me in this season i i, I wasn't a fan in season one season two is a bit of a drip but now he's you know he's really poor but maybe it's the constant hairstyle changes he's ma- it's making him uh, a super character for me but he in this episode he was um kind of involved in everyone's business but in the right way and and it was done really really well so yeah really really pleased with that what about you simon excellent i i'm also going to go for lucas same reasons and because he's the best uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite song or musical choice of this episode daniel that's tough because the two end capping songs in this episode are so good. I, I loved, I loved the, the opening song, um, which is another Vale song, the Leavers Dance. Mm-hmm. We last heard them when Dan's b- dealership was burning and they were singing Lavinia. And so mm-hmm. now we get to revisit them. So I, I liked that one, but but I've got to say that I think my favorite is is definitely the Not a Surf song that closes up the episode. I I love uh, Always Love as it's as it's titled, and I think because that song was featured prominently, I won't give a spoiler, but on a on a One Tree Hill album that was released, and I can just remember listening to that as a kid and the opening lines of that song you know to make a mountain of your life is just a choice meant a lot to me as an angsty teen realizing that gosh maybe some of these things that I think are so horrible and consequential now at 15 16 17 years old maybe it is just a choice to 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 feel that way and and maybe I can make the best of whatever 
shit I'm dealing with at the time. So uh, that song, that is just a One Tree Hill song to me, and I got to go with that one. Nice. Dom? I'm going to have to pick the same song. I, I didn't quite catch uh, a few of the others throughout the episode, but that one that one stuck out as well. So I'm picking the same as Daniel for, for this episode. Simon? I'm going to go with the Veils song. I liked I, I liked that one as an entry song. Um, did you have a favorite line of this episode, Daniel? Favorite line of this episode, I guess, um, would be uh, when Lucas says, that's my father, after he's strangled in the gymnasium. I thought that kind of helped center Peyton a little bit and make her realize that maybe she doesn't have it so, so badly. I mean, yes, she's been through a lot and she's been through a lot of trauma, not only your mother dying at a young age, but also just uh, finding out you're adopted randomly towards the end of high school. That's, that's rough. And um, she also has this, this dad who I don't like new Larry. I don't know about you guys, but but I, 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 he's really, he's depressing. He's dark. He's, he's not only a completely different actor, but he's a completely different personality than before. And I think he's just rough with this girl who has a lot of trauma in her life. And um, I, but I think despite all of that, when, when Lucas said that in the gymnasium, that's my father, it made her realize that, you know, her dad is at least here trying to better her life, even if he made this huge mistake of letting a strange woman ransack her bedroom and thought that was going to somehow fix things. Good points. Great points. Uh, Dom? Uh, we um, are quite opposite and have a lot of love for Kevin Kilner, so we'll just sidestep that. We love new Larry, yeah. But we, <laughs> that's a topic, topic for another time. Topic for another time. Dom? Uh, my my favourite line is in the same scene uh, that Daniel picked, but it's actually from Dan uh, when he says, a bit ed- bit, ed- blah, 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 bit edible, don't you think? Trying to kill daddy. Someone should tell mom she's in for some action. <laughs> Fantastic line. Love that. That's you, Simon, one. what you got? I like Lucas's line of, sorry, I'm fresh out of heroin. <laughs> you think that. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. That Can I just say a, a runner-up, I thought, was I loved I loved um, when Peyton is finally forgiving Lucas and she realizes that he wasn't in on the whole thing. And she said, my dad told me you weren't on the grassy knoll. Uh, that was just that was that's a line that I don't think a lot of young kids or or people maybe outside the United States even know what she's referring to. But of course, she's referring to the the second assassin theory uh, with the JFK assassination. And I just thought that was that just shows what an old soul uh, Peyton is that she'd 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 have something like that at the tip of her tongue to just roll off uh, casually in conversation. Love that. Favorite background performer, one line or less. What do you even mean by that? I'm not even. I'm. I feel stupid. That means so, someone. Extra? Yeah, an extra. Uh, yeah. In, in episode seventeen, it will be you, without a doubt. But was there someone that was essentially an extra background performer that stood out that right. says only has one line or less? Gosh, I I I'm gonna have to completely defer to you guys. I didn't even think to to even make note of that. I'm curious to hear what your responses are. 
So Dumb. my mine is the kid that walks into detention and then immediately gets sent out. It's like you've got a free pass, get out. So he he was my favorite of the show. That was this great. episode. <laughs> he was also mine. My, my I wanted it to be the guy that says to Dan, well, "This isn't a court of law, Dan. Sit down." But he had more than one line, so that's our like criteria. There I can only have one line or less. So I agree with you, Dom. And then finally, we get to the precious precious rating out of 10 of what we would rate for this episode so what we're going to do is we say it all at the same time on free and then we hope that we agree and if we don't agree then we debate it to the death but we, but we have a lawyer here so we'll probably lose but uh <laughs> so has everyone got a, a number in mind a rating yeah yeah okay so we'll say it on free one two three eight Nine. eight Oh, so close. I'm happy, I'm happy to go to a nine. Dom, can we get you to a nine? Say yes it's, now. It's just the Brooke element that really upsets you because she was, there's just no need for her in this whole episode. She ruined it for me. Forget Brooke. Forget Brooke. <laughs> get, over, get over the Brooke stuff. Dom, to convince you, this is the episode where we're introduced to the predictions and and we get to see how they've changed and how they can still change. And they tie that into the whole opening line, the opening literary quote of all our architects of fate. This whole episode is about how you can be self, be determining your own future. And, and it's about self-determination, which is a whole theme of the series, I think. So it's really this show, it, this episode, it's it's right on the mark for, for a quintessential One Tree Hill episode. It's a nine. Okay. I think I've been convinced. Yeah, <laughs> that was so easy. Simon, you need to be more like that. <laughs> you mean well-spoken and intelligent? I try every day. <laughs> Never going to happen, right? <laughs> well, I could have used some friends like you back when I was watching the show as a teenager. I wish we'd, we'd crossed paths, but we were across the pond. Well, we're crossing paths now, so that's what it's all about. Better late than never. Exactly. Absolutely. Friends for life now. Linked. Bonded through podcasts and One Tree Hill. Don't, don't, I'm not just saying that. We say this every time. That this is what it's about. We, we, we are friends now. It's cemented. Exactly. It's, been nice to, it's been nice to meet you guys and and uh, and be able to share this with you. Oh, it has been an absolute pleasure. I just have to say one thing, Daniel. Other than so grateful for you coming on and taking the time out of your your day and, and busy schedule to join us i have to say i'm really glad that you don't have a podcast because i'm so glad that you join us on ours because you're you're great at this you speak so well you have great insight and and lots lots to talk about and uh, it was fantastic and i i can't wait for episode 17 to get to talk to you again so thank you so much for joining us well thank you i'm looking forward to coming back i appreciate it guys yeah, I, just cool. to radiate what Dom said totally it's been a pleasure to speak with you and yeah can't wait to do it again um, if you want to hang around you, uh, we're going to do the watch along but obviously completely up to you um, but before we go anywhere we have to say our Ravens chant on free Dom count us in my man are you ready here we go Jeez. Ravens on three one two three Ravens Ravens, Ravens. Yeah.